0: It's seven wins out of seven for Shamrock Rovers in the Premier Division this season. Hard-earned three points in Derry. Episode one hundred and thirty, and it's me, Gary Pete and the Prof Kyle Riley. Bring on the Bobcats! Bring on—is that the name of them, yeah. That's is what that what they, they are?
1: they're weird-looking, scruffy yellow cat thing? <laughs>
0: yeah, is that? Yeah, it looks like—it <laughs> looks like looking down the back of a Tivoli's bus after coming home from <laughs> <in> derry <laughs> That's what it looks like. Uh, that's a good analogy. Um Yeah. So we're well, sponsored by Ocean Electrical, the fantastic guys the best Electrical company in Ireland And they are still Looking after us So if you need Anything electrical uh, Let us know Get in touch with us Or Google o- Ocean Electrical uh, Great guys So uh, we're going to Dissect that massive win In Derry On Sunday And look ahead At St. Pat's And Ancient Car This weekend And we have interviews With our former striker Sean Boyd And Rovers Women's under 70s coach Sean Kelly Is a preferred Kick off their season So uh, looking forward To that prof That's a, a late kick off For season Or is it? We well, it,
1: it was similar to the 19s and 17s. It was supposed to be March, April around then, but it got delayed, obviously. Oh, ah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Right, so we have a couple of 10-year anniversary celebrations this past week. 3-0 win over balls that inspired a Pat Flynn silhouette short and, of course, Modna. So uh, I, I was only looking back at the photos of Modna and I didn't think there was that many there. The place was jammed. That's probably our best away attendance bar White Hart Lane. I can't think of any but in Europe. Yeah, it was a massive cluster Huge of Rovers fans up in that stand. Of stands. naked
1: Rovers fans. S- especially the helpless ones, yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. Also, Gareth, the two-year anniversary of Drogheda in the Cup, which, oh. uh, safe to say, is the lowest ebb of Brazda's reign.
0: I think we can refer to that as Sinclair Armstrong's debut. Best way to go about that. Yeah. Just it, tiptoe around that one he hasn't played since. That was horrific. I remember everybody getting all sorts of abuse. And then one, one fan would give someone abuse and the other fan would be like, oh, that's bang out of heart. And then they'd start arguing. And then the bottom would give the dogs abuse, whoever's on the pitch. And then everyone's just arguing, just arguments all around. Everybody killing each other. Are you sure that wasn't the draw the one where
1: early on in Bradgers reign you're thinking of? No, definitely lost not. 2-1. Because remember, we lost four of our first six games. No, it was definitely the club. I remember Ando Matches winner. was near enough to me yeah. and he was very vocal. So I, I I just remember being subdued and like in shock. I wasn't even getting angry. I was just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Just couldn't
0: get that rhythm going after the break card, we really couldn't. Prof, we're up to the hoop scene bundle now. Hoop Seam bundle offer. So pre-order all six remaining league games, plus a European game. So you get seven programs here, forty-seven including your postage. So that is seven fantastic publications, all to your door, all physical, real ones. And you're getting the door for forty-seven quid, so that's something I'm going to be going for.
1: It's a bit of extra work for us at the the scene team, having to because you know when the programme comes out early, that's we have to produce it like nearly a week earlier. Yeah, so it is a bit of effort, but it's worth it. And uh, if fans go for this sort of pre-ordering
0: thing, then uh, happy days. And it's one thing that I've come to appreciate a little bit more now with spare time is the programme and uh, it's something that I've been neglecting to be honest on match days because I go in, go to the bar, go <laughs> to the match, go back to the bar, yeah. go back to the match and you know, don't read the programme. So Maybe have a look at the
1: quiz at half time.
0: Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore, it's points at half time. Do as badly to some nerd. Yeah, but that's it. So it's something that I have appreciated a little bit more now Um, of course we have literary geniuses like... Uh, maloney the match
1: day experience is so different now you're sitting at home waiting for it to come on tv so if your program is just sitting there you're probably
0: gonna read it oh yeah and you're going back to back with it as well so um the shamrock rovers golf classic 2020 as well so druid's heath golf club thursday 20th of august so there was a change of venue i don't know what the original venue was but we are in druid's heath golf club and it's teams of four, 400 quid limited to 40 teams that's a lot isn't it so register early T box sponsorship 150 quid green sponsorship 150 quid dinner and prize after the club in the clubhouse and um, we Peter Madden looking after this one so membership ashermacover's.ie or you can contact Peter on 086 241 6870 so mark turner is frotten and Jumping around the, sit- the sitting room now when uh, the announcement of this is coming on. Loves the old golf. Yeah. Loves the old golf. Okay, so now we have some Junior Hoops news. And uh, keep an eye out on the virtual mascots on social media before home games. So if you want to be a virtual mascot, just keep an eye on the page for Junior Hoops. And they will update you on everything you need to know. Ultras. Prof, the Ultras have scarves on sale at the moment. 20 quid plus postage so message the ultras page on facebook for more details to order so we're just looking at them now on the srfc ultras page on facebook and it's our current retro scarf took inspiration from the original in the photo below so check it out on facebook this dates back to the milltown era in the 70s and the 80s so it's still available And private message if you want it it's a it's a cracker you could imagine the whack lofting it above his head in milltown so uh, that's it. That's it for pretty much all of our cheap plugs. We how much? How much are we gonna charge these guys eventually? For this chill. Charge the junior hoops. Well, junior hoops charge them a fortune <laughs> just to to get airtime.
1: If this virus goes on much longer, we're gonna have to do something like uh, hologram mascots.
0: Hologram? <laughs> that's not bad, Joe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, pretty much it for all of our plugs. Uh, Joey O'Brien in an interview said, "As a fan myself, I want to see Shamrock Rovers win every game, and that's the mentality as a player. And you can kind of see that rubbing off all the other players. And I think the mentality. There was a debate about Pico and who was possibly the best improved player in the la- in the league in the last ten years. And a couple of a couple of media outlets said that was Chris Shields, but it has to be Pico Lopez for me. So he's gone from a defender." When he when he joined us, who lacked confidence and and wasn't that much of a leader to pretty much own that dressing room, and um, he's a leader of men, as as they would say, in championship manager. Underneath <laughs> is is Boyle. Oh, he's a 20 rating. He's it? a 20 rating leader of men. So he's, it's really, really taken a step up for me and even, even the likes of making little mistakes in games and he, already, he tries to make up for it, which he did against Derry, which we'll talk about in a while. Well, that 2018 season we mentioned earlier with the draw and the cup, I mean,
1: probably if you listen back to our 7-11s, we, we weren't putting Pigo in there a lot of the we time. We were debating
0: you <laughs> we were we were debating on putting him in. Used, or not. He
1: used to make us nervous in the ball.
0: Yeah, definitely and uh, well, he's come on leaps and bounds. We spoke about his concentration, remember that? His concentration was always poor because he'd always lose his man. And a lot of the times in 2018, he was possibly the not uh, would you say they're at fault if they lose their man? But he was mm. losing his man a lot and from, from when we were conceding free kicks, he was the guy who was at the the crux of the problem, you could say. So He's he's improved amazingly. It's it's been such a transformation of a player, and it's 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 really cool to see. It is
1: always really cool when a player in our country develops that fast and and that well. Compared to like say, feel like he went to Man United, the Premier League, and he did that in two or three years. You almost expect that. Yeah. With the players around them, now that but to do that at Shamrock Rovers, we're a big club, but
0: it's it's still incredible epic epic development in my power so really really am delighted to see it um yeah so that's it we're going to move on to shawnee boyd now prof uh an elusive character to say the least we didn't think we'd get him yeah we got him in the end so uh here's sean boyd so sean you're you're a Sars lad
1: and you started out manahide united before joining rovers so talk about meeting shane robinson and trevor Croddy and being in the club's youth ranks back then
2: um. Yeah, so I obviously I remember playing for Malahide. I had a, a my manager said to me one day listen I think Shamrock Rovers wanted to sign you and me and my dad were obviously like they <coughs> uh delighted with, it, obviously there was talk about a league world clubs so wanted to uh, sign me then but when Rovers you know it was just like one of the biggest clubs in the country come and say they want to sign you it was like brilliant so my dad said, Yeah, listen, we'll meet up um with the managers of and whatever and um see how it goes. So then obviously I met Trevor Collier and Shane Robinson at the time um in the AOL, and uh all the meme went great. We came out of the meme like buzzing uh like we were sold, really didn't uh didn't have anything to think of really just I went to sign, so then I had to wait until I turned uh, seventeen, I think, or sixteen, maybe. So I think it was sixteen to actually sign for the under nineteenth and uh, yeah, that was it. Then I was away, and I was playing games for um, or training. I trained with the B team, the first B team, and then uh, and then was getting ready to go for the uh, under nineteen season. So no, it was great. It was, to be honest.
1: Any stand moments from, from the underage games those first few years?
2: Um, oh, they were all great. Like we had a great team. Um, we played bowls in the semi-final of, of the league or whatever way it worked out. Um, they split it into, um, I think after the 10 games in North and South or whatever, they split it into a knockout kind of thing so we played balls I think in the quarter finals in Blanche T, and I remember I scored a peno the winning peno in the peno shootout so that was a good moment um, there was a couple of good other games like to be honest my, for, my first year with the 19s I was 16 and I'd scored I'd started off in, uh, with like 9 goals in 10 games or something like something mad like that so uh, to be honest, it was all, it was all, uh, very enjoyable.
1: And you made your senior debut at the age of 17. That was a 3-0 win over Sligo on Tata in May 2016. So was that a great, uh, memory for you?
2: Yeah, it was. It was great. I remember the game well. It was lashing rain, um, and I think, I think I came on for Gary McAve. I can't remember, but, uh, no, it was a great game, um, Obviously it was a good result and it was handy enough for me to come on to make my debut in a game like that where it was 3-0 at home in Tallis. So no, it was It was a uh, very proud moment for me, obviously. uh, I loved it.
1: Then Stephen Bradley replaced Pat Fenn as manager. Uh, You and Trevor Clerk were actually the two longest survivors from Bradshaw's first game in Finland for a long time, that Europa League game. Yeah, Um, the team looks a lot different now, doesn't
2: it? Oh, it does. I was only talking to, um, Aaron Bolger about it, because he said, geez, the team is completely different now, isn't it? Like, since when, since when we were first, kind of, breaking into the team, it's just completely changed, and he had said to me, it was only me, him, and Trev, who were um, who were there, so, and now it is different, but come here, the manager has made some, a really, really good signings over the last few years, so, it's uh it's um, it's not as if it's it's gone backwards or anything. I think he's done the right thing. He's made some very very good signs like you can see by the results and how the lads are playing. That they were obviously the right decisions.
1: And then we had uh, possibly a career highlight for you. That goal against Bowles Bradford's first league game, a three-one win. So, talk and show your memory from that day.
2: Um, yeah, Jesus feels like a lifetime ago ago now. But um no, I remember being a bit um the day before we had done Shape obviously and uh, done eleven v eleven and I thought it was gonna be starting or I think that I thought it was gonna be starting. I think it was a toss up between me and Dobbsy to start. So um I think the manager changed to the last minute or he hadn't made his mind up until really late so I was originally thinking I was playing, so the day before I was nervous and I was thinking, Jesus, I hope it goes well. So I had to get out of the house with my girlfriend and go and do a couple of things before the game just to have my mind at ease and get my mind off the game. But um, no, I got to the game, obviously, found out I wasn't starting. It was a bit annoyed or whatever, just a bit frustrating. But uh, no, when I came on, it was obviously the goal was. Brilliant, to be honest, like it was one of uh, the best uh feelings I've had in football. Like it was um just the way it worked out and how um how important the goal was really for you to see the game, how um that was great I uh, will remember it forever I suppose.
1: I think Rovers fans have replayed that goal a thousand times. That one two with Shawsey was amazing. Was that some understanding you had or something you worked on?
2: Oh, here I, I played it a thousand times myself. That night I went home and I was playing it constantly. Um, my girlfriend was going mad because the commentary was saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> but, um, no, see, with Shazzy we kind of just kind um, I of... Lo- I love playing with he's great. And he's a good fellow. I got on great with him, I get on great with him off the pitch. So I think it was just more natural and more of an instinct kind of thing. But... Uh, it just worked out. I think I tried it like two minutes beforehand on the pitch. I tried it, uh, something similar, not the flick, but something around the corner to him and it got cut out. So, um, no, it was in my head, but I just, he's obviously hes good with his back to goal and he's able to play off. So, um, no, it was great. It was, uh, it was a really good goal, to be honest.
1: It's also noticeable for that celebration in front of the Bulls fans, but there was a bit of a story behind that, wasn't there?
2: Um, what do you mean what uh, kind
1: of story well you were interviewed about it a couple of years later you said that you picked out a man of yours who was in the stands who was a Bowes fan yeah I had,
2: I had put up a picture because I would signed on um, I would signed my professional contract there on um, the Thursday or the Wednesday the first contract was signed and I put it up on Instagram or whatever and wondered, like I would know just from being over this side of the city, I know a few ball fans or whatever, and they had been coming on and saying, "Oh, you better not score tomorrow," blah blah blah. And I said, "Well, if I do, I'm going to uh, run over and celebrate in front of you." And funny enough, it happened, and it ha- I hadn't even thought of what it said about but just it was just, um, it was just a natural reaction. I just went over to the ball fans and like I was... this what, seventeen and i just scored the the biggest and probably the best goal I'll ever score, so I don't know, it just kinda um I don't know, it just walked out the way it did and me, it was great. Obviously I was delighted, I didn't care, I didn't think anything of it, but uh now it was uh, a big big moment, yeah.
1: So it was a whirlwind start for you really. You're on fire in the month of August. You scored in four consecutive games. Bradzer was playing t- attractive attacking football with a, a lot of young players, so was this an enjoyable spell for you?
2: Oh, it really was, yeah. Jeez, I so loved every minute of it. It was, um... I felt, uh... I felt unstoppable. I probably thought should, I should have won the player in the month, really. I remember being up for, I think, the soccer royals, and uh, Dylan Connolly won it. And I was a bit... I think I was a bit annoyed, but, um... No, I was really enjoyable. I loved every minute. You know, going out and playing every week for Shamma Govert. Go it, it was uh it was special like and um you know, I will never forget it. Like I, I loved playing for the manager, he was great and he trusted me. So me and Trev and others like that were um um were were, were delighted, like we go out and play and we didn't really care about anything. It was more um it was more just going out and playing, enjoy yourself. So it was great. I loved every minute of that um, that first season. It was brilliant.
1: There was a bit of a clear out in the dressing room uh, towards the end of that season. So I'll ask you this question: Could you sum up the attitude of the Brennan brothers in one word?
2: Ah, come here. This is difficult because you know what? When I first went into the dressing room, I didn't actually even pay attention to anyone else. Like I was just kind of doing do my own thing and kind of sticking with the younger lads. So, the Brennans, um, I remember Gavin and that was on the Twitter and stuff, but I just paid no attention to it, you know, I just, I just done my own thing and I didn't care about really what they were up to, I know probably like if I was older, if I was in the dressing room there or whatever and what happened happened or the way they were, I just, you know, I was probably just too naive to even notice what was happening. Little, but oh, I, like, I don't know I don't know how to answer that to be honest
1: <laughs> that's fair enough so moving on to uh, 2017 you made uh, 5 starts and 19 sub appearances you you didn't find it back the net uh, that year unfortunately wow. but a, brat, a bad shoulder that really hampered your progress and you needed surgery
2: yeah I had um, so the the previous campaign the one i kinda of made a breakthrough in had um had give me I dislocated my shoulder for the nineteenth that season and it kinda of gone away before I got into the first team but then afterwards I had um done it again in Sligo and I'd done it again in Sligo for the first team and couldn't um I couldn't, they kept on reoccurring, like it was popping out every two minutes or every training session it was coming out, so it wasn't obviously ideal. So we decided I needed to get surgery, so um had my surgery in November and um, kind of missed a good, good chunk of the pre-season. So um, I got back towards the end of the pre-season games and it just kind of took its toll on I me, mean, I suppose it was... Uh, it was more um, fitness and playing catch up and a bit like that. So I, I enjoyed that season again, like you like you said, there was a clear out, but he, the manager brought in a couple of good players and a couple of good characters. So um, it, was, it was enjoyable, but obviously from a personal um, point of view, it wasn't the best of football, and um, it wasn't the best of football and sides of things, I suppose. But. Uh, no, that was um, that was uh, kind of summed up. Yeah, I just I mean, I was playing probably catch up the whole year, probably. So, listen, it was very really enjoyable, like I said. But obviously, I wish I had gone better.
1: In 2018, you were restricted to just uh, seven sub appearances. Your only start came in the the Lancashire Senior Cup. So it often seemed like to be one step forward, two steps back for you because of injury. I remember Bradshaw at the time said that you were growing a lot. And that had a major impact on your body. So was that one of the problems?
3: Yeah, Like my
2: mum and my dad would always say that as well. They still would have thought I was growing. Um, I had obviously that year. I think I had a couple of like a, a big issues with my hamstrings and my um, um, my muscles. So I don't know. Listen, I don't know what it'd be down to. Like it, it was not down to a lack of trying, anyways, because I was in like more, probably more than the rest of the lads with Tony. And, like, on Saturdays and the whole pre- the pre-season, I was in the Tony, really. So, I was trying my hardest, but it just, I don't know, the way my body was or the way, I don't know, but it was just, obviously, it was very difficult for me. I, um, I, I wanted to, to do so well, but it just didn't happen. It was very frustrating, obviously. And, to you know, I felt like I was kind of letting the manager and the staff down, which was, like, a bit, sh- bit shit for me, but it, um... It was uh, yeah, it was just disappointing. Obviously, I wish I could have played a lot more and I've got to go crack the whip, but it just wasn't the case.
1: And that season has started so well, had not it? In pre-season, you scored our only goal in that uh, tour of Portugal. who was a screamer against Norocapping.
3: Yeah,
2: now yeah, that was a great game. Um, Shaw's got sent off after fucking ten minutes or whatever. So we were left playing against this team in the sweltering heat they had uh, a man extra and they were just keeping the ball, keeping the ball. But it was a great game to be involved in, you know, like it was kind of a, it was a kind of a learning curve whereas you're playing against eleven men, they've got the whole ball. It was uh, it was great, but obviously yeah then the ball broke to me and it was a um it was a uh, as I know, now it just dropped and I said a book okay, I'll hit it so I hit it and um Thankfully it went in, yeah, it was a good, good good goal.
1: And you scored in Robert's last home game of the twenty eighteen season, a three one win over Waterford. That was your first goal in a little over two years, so you must have really enjoyed yeah. that one.
2: Oh yeah, I did. That was a great feeling. And like to see like the lads' reactions and um all that, it was really great. Oh uh, yeah, that was a good moment to be honest. Um just, yeah, just purely for the fact that it was kind of a relief, more of a thing, and then uh, to see the teammates' reactions, like, it was um, it was special, yeah. It was really good.
1: Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, I remember your teammates, the ones on the pitch and the ones warming up on the sidelines, rushing to congratulate you. They were delighted for you. It really suggested that you were well-liked in the dressing room and they were always well-supportive of you.
2: Yeah, well, the committee, the lads have always, um, whoever's been a Rovers, the most for the most part, I suppose, they have um, Sorry, they have been um, always able to have your back. And most of them have been good fellows who really care and are good footballing people. So, uh, I mean, like the, the reaction of them there in the video, I've seen it a few times, just goes to show, I suppose, that, um, you know, yeah, I suppose maybe they're just trailed for someone who would have struggled with injuries and kinda had a game to get over it and got through it, whatever, but um no, it was great to see to be honest. It uh, kinda of made uh, made me happy to be fair.
1: I suppose in terms of pure ability in your, your few years at Rovers, who's the best player you played with?
2: Um oh god, there is a few to be fair. Like, there's been a, a few, like, oh, I don't know, Borky Jack. Obviously, I don't think I ever played with Jack. I might play played pre season with him, but I definitely would have trained with him. Um, I don't know, I'd probably, do you know what? I'd probably add with Steve McBeow just because of It's Just class. Like, he's just. His ability on the ball and his, like, um, just the way he comes across when he's in possession is just so relaxed and so. um. Uh, confident and just the way he carries himself, just obviously, he's, apart from that, he's a brilliant footballer. But I just feel it's like, it's, um, yeah, it's the way he carries himself when he's on the ball and it's just coolness is just, uh, it's just um, brilliant. So I'll pick probably, yeah, Steve McFair
1: you like actually had of here and you'll pick him.
2: Yeah, I've got all obviously, I've played a few games with him. And uh, now I love him. He's oh, he brilliant. He always has little tips, and he's always wanting to win. And oh, now I just love. Oh, to be honest, I love him as a man as well, but just as a footballer, yeah, he, he, uh, geez, he's brilliant. Yeah. So this
1: might be still,
2: a trick. Even still as well. Sorry. Yeah. You go can ahead. See him now. Even still, He's always uh, oh, he can still probably play. Like I don't know. His, but well, his left foot, because Daphne's still playing the league, I don't know if his body would still be able to carry him around, but his left foot definitely would. He's brilliant.
1: Sure, you played most games in his slippers anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: This might be tricky off the top of your head now, but do you have a funniest moment, it could be on or off the pitch in your spell, yeah, Tada?
2: Oh, God. God. um, Funniest moment funniest moment Jesus well let me think we had a couple to be fairly probably that we couldn't really tell you about um, I think you know what was very really funny um, when Trev was on the after that balls game he was on the uh, RTE I found that hilarious you so remember he was cursing on RTE he was doing the Post-match interview afterwards, oh, yeah. and he said, "Oh fucking hell, that was fucking unbelievable, wasn't it?" Or whatever. But I found that funny. But like in terms of being with the lads, um, I remember we were in a pre-season trip to Port- to Portugal. That same trip, I think. And something had gone on in the lads' rooms, and um, I probably can't say, but there was a whole big court case about it. And Dave McCall said was the judge and there was a jury and the whole staff of the involved and um, that was hilarious really really funny like it was uh go crack i probably would have picked that it was good moment. like that whole week i'd say or whatever and um, was very funny i'm
1: gonna have to get in touch yeah. with davy mack and get that story now
2: yeah you should you should get the whole gist i'm not gonna tell you about he probably you was very very funny
1: so what was the conversation like with Brazzer when your time at the club came to an end
2: um. So he called me into the office or whatever. I had a feeling it was coming. Um. Just, just down to like, the way things were going with myself and how I was doing or whatever. But I had, I just had a feeling. So um. he had known. He'd called me. He he called me into the office, like or whatever. And I just said, Listen, I know. Oh, um, oh well. He, I'd said what had happened or what he was thinking of, and I said, Listen, I had an idea, whatever. Um yeah, I I kinda knew it was coming, but he just said, Listen, you've been brilliant, um whatever, we we appreciate it and we'll try to help you out as much as possible in terms of getting the club or whatever and they did. They done everything they could have done, I suppose, for me until um I went and got injured obviously, so that um even then, after that, though, they were always there looking after me. But there, it was a tough kind of uh, conversation, I suppose, because I was sitting there with Steve McPhail as well. and I'd just been there so long. i know known them so well. And it was probably tough for him to do as well, because I was there with him through, from the very start. So, um, no, it was tough, but I, I just feel like it was probably the right thing to do, obviously, with them. And uh, obviously, for myself, it was probably better. You know, doing my own thing as well. And then, Go out and play a bit more, and obviously that didn't happen. But that was the idea. But um, no, it was tough. But um, I suppose like I kind of prepared myself for it a little because just the way things had gone, and I was gonna, I was there on loan, so I just kind of had it in my head that uh, it was a possibility that the plans are moving up for me for next season. So, I, I I guess if I hadn't been told the year before that that was the case, like a, a year previous. I probably would have been devastated you know? I wouldn't have expected it probably and I would have uh, I don't know I probably would have been in tears or whatever but um, no the way it worked out i kind of seen it coming a little bit and it just was probably the right time and the right thing to do so I just uh, can have no complaints really
1: Stephen obviously had a couple of sticky patches there especially in the middle of 2018 thankfully came out the other side with, with an FEI Cup trophy so what do you admire about him as a manager? What, what do you like about his style?
2: Yeah, well, like, to be honest, he, when he was gone, like, I was honestly, I love I love the manager a lot. Like, I, I know that sounds a bit much, but I come here, I think he's great. His football and knowledge, he just knows football inside out, and he loves it. Like, he'd know everything about anything. He just knows, and I just feel like it's the right way he's playing, right, and it's the right way to, to play football, kind of, in a way. Um, he obviously, he's uh, grown a lot like since he's first taken a job and he's he's gotten a lot better at probably most things. So, he's only going to improve, I suppose. And that's uh, obviously one of the reasons why he's going to be so good because he's wants to learn as best as possible and he wants to do as best as possible for the club, which is great, obviously, for fans and everything like that. But, um, no, I think it's just, just football and knowledge, you know, he'd see little things and matches that... Uh, you wouldn't really see. Like, I've I've seen him do video analysis and stuff like that and it's actually, it's fascinating what he can pick out or see when it's moving at real time or whatever and have it, have it, um, uh, have it pinned or whatever to uh, mark that for the video which I just find crazy. Like, to be able to spot something in a match that's moving at full time and he's just standing on the sideline is, um, is uh, I think it's very special but no he just he, he loves football and he's uh, obviously he's good at uh, his tactics and all but then I don't know it's hard to explain but I, I've loved him since he first got the job because I had him at the 19 so he, yeah I don't think he can do any wrong in my eyes and probably over the years when he was getting a bit sick, I was probably fuming at the world because it, this was Steve Bradley and I didn't think he was a uh, I didn't think anyone would think anything except he's great, but uh now listen, I'd kind of uh I wish him all the best obviously and the team as well. I'd kind of be like a fan now myself, I suppose, but uh no he he's um
1: he's great. I, I really um I really hope he does well. So you had those loan spells at Finn Harps and Longford in twenty nineteen, you played about twenty five games in total, which is more game time than you had in, in quite a while so what was it like at those two clubs?
2: Yeah it was great Um, obviously originally going to Finharp so I didn't want to go like I, the manager had said it to me one training session just before just after we played Waterford that year last year wasn't it Waterford was the first game away that was, that's right isn't it?
1: Waterford away it opening eight, day of t- 2019 boys. Yeah, yep, yep.
2: Yeah, but um, my after that game, the Monday after that game, the man said, said to me to want do all of halves on loan, and I like had never, I didn't hear anything about it hadn't um I hadn't seen anything about or anything. Just the full the boy was a bit freaky, um, yeah. didn't want to go. It was thinking all the worst, and to be honest, I probably went into the uh, into that loan spell with that kind of mindset where I didn't want to be there and it kind of probably like was it was obviously the wrong way to go about it but just uh, just was ju- kind of towards the end I was dreading going up there, like, you know, travelling the four hours in the car or whatever. But um the games the like the games were great to play against to play in the league like like you said that many times, probably twenty times I played for It was great. Um and like the lads, all the lads up there were great. The man jobs great to me, but I think Main issue was the travelling. I don't know if I could have done it any differently, look, with um staying up more or whatever. But um, no, I, really, I did enjoy it, and you know what? I met some good people up there, and Ollie and obviously Hagsy there, as their um, manager and assistant manager are great people, like really good fellas, and they kind of want you to do well. The no bullshit with them, but good fellas. So uh, I did enjoy it, but at the same time, I probably went into it with. Um, a bit of a dam, a bit of a, a just not the right kind of mindset probably because it was a bit of a shock to me what, at the start and then um, it was um I kind of didn't really want to go up or whatever but um now like I said playing the, as many games as I did it was great but um then the long for room was obviously um different again it was close at the home and I kind of uh they trained in league slips so over was only a twenty minute drive safe for me off. And again, I, I kinda of played different games. I played a few games, I played against Shells, um, I played against Shells in like a kind of playoff or promotion battle yoke. Know, it was a tough game, Shells, I do been on a good run of form and uh, they were got really pushing for the league and I got to play against Luke Byrne obviously who would be one of my best friends we were marking each other and we were like, kicking lumps out of each other so it was good it was a good experience but I had a little injury after that Shells game my body was tired and I went into training I probably shouldn't have trained but I pulled my hamstring and um, again and uh, kind of didn't really get back into play after that but obviously Neil Fenn had left for a court job and Barrett Doyle took over so after kind of Fennie left I got injured probably on his last training session and then probably didn't really feature until after well until until the end of the season I'd say because the playoffs I remember being on the bench and probably wasn't right just yet but felt I could have done something for the uh, team on the pitch or like maybe off the bench or whatever but Um, just down to the injury I probably wasn't able to do that so listen it was uh, again I met some good people there some good fellas and um, I enjoyed my time there I hope the two clubs now do as best as they can and hopefully the two of them are in the Premier Division next year
1: So then you impressed with the PFEI team in Finland as you were seeking to earn a new contract for next season uh, but you picked up a serious knee injury in a game against Rockdale's under twenty three side and you had to be stretchered off. So what happened there and how was rehab going?
2: Um yeah, so obviously listen, I was kinda of feeling alright going into uh that camp. Um uh there was a couple of good coaches, obviously Detso was on it and Pad Joe was on it, so he, he they were on it. It was good, um it was a Great, um, kind of coaching path they had, so um, it was going well. Like, and then I was kind of obviously training well and doing doing a bit. And uh, obviously, I we went over to Finland for a week or whatever. Trained over there with their kind of camp, and uh, which was a great experience. Like to be able to do that, go over there for a week and train. It was great, and um, obviously see a different kind of side of football, different kind of players and culture. Um, it was great, um. Then I came back from Finland, was still training away. There was, had been clubs on to me, obviously, about signing for the upcoming season here. And um, I thought, yeah, geez, this would be a great. Like, I'll just kind of play this game against Rochdale, see how I got on and um, kind of keep them clubs at, just at bay for a minute. And obviously played the game against Rochdale and done knee after 10 minutes it was fucking like the worst possible outcome but um you just kind of gotta have to get on with it i suppose and see um see what's right what to do next what's the next plan the next movement um obviously i went uh got straight on to alan Bourne, kind of through the pfi and tony and ever since then tony's been perfect like been great for me he's given me um every every bit of help I can get he he's touch me and then the manager and McPhail had said to me listen Sean you can come in and do your rehab with us which has been obviously brilliant as well the, uh, for them to allow me to do that has just helped me uh the no end like I've been able to uh, really do my uh, rehab as if I was a player at the club so it's worked out um, uh, as well as I possibly could the rehab itself has actually gone um. Well, too. So I've kind of uh, had it so far so good, but um, you know, you just have to kind of mind that I'm back now with the uh, running stage, so um, I just kind of need to uh, take care of it and ho- hopefully get back as soon as possible and try, obviously, impress someone to get a game in and uh, someone to sign me. But um, no, that's well, yeah, it's going alright. Is this? Uh
1: current shorting campaign uh, kind of too soon for you are you looking at next year maybe?
2: Yeah see the, to kind of shorten the games out like this virus was walking a tree for me I probably if the games had it been uh, uh, the same amount of the games in the league as originally was the plan I probably would have been able to get back this season but because they shortened the games to um, 18 I think it was was it and yeah uh, it would just probably be too soon, you know, and at the same time, I don't even have a club, like, so there's no one, like, there's, it's not as if I could rush back and try, like, save someone, or try make a difference for the club, because I'm not signed by anyone at the minute, so it's, like, a bit fucking, it would be stupid to try to rush and try to get back, because I'd obviously have to get a fucking club to give me a contract, but now it's been there, uh, it'd probably be a bit too short, or a bit too soon, yeah.
1: Is it tough mentally being on the sidelines for so long when your body keeps breaking down on you and especially after the injury uh, in England do you ever sit there sometimes and think I just have no luck at all? No, not really to be honest
2: you know like after the the actual original injury probably like briefly for like a day or two like not even with me, knee, to be honest. With my knee, it wasn't even like that. I was kind of just thinking, right, this is another kind of challenge. I have to just fucking get on with it and do my rehab, get it right, and come back and prove people wrong. That was the way I looked at it from the fourth minute, kind of. Um, the other hamstring ones, which are more frustrating, I'd say, because you're out and you're back in. You think you're ready to go in short, in short spells, but then so you can break down. You do your hamstring in a match or train, and, but well, I'm not at that stage where I'm back in train or playing matches, so I suppose it's been a bit different. But um, now, uh, kind of, you kind of have to look at it like, as, uh, keep the faith, but as much as possible, like, you can't just be fucking doom and gloom and um, thinking, "Jeez, that the world hates me." But it's obviously been tough, like you know, to be watching games and you're not able to play, or like especially. The last few seasons were over. So obviously, when I had me hamstring issues or whatever, it was like tough. Like that was tough being live to play and seeing the lads and struggle or do well or you know like stuff like that. But it, you just kind of have to look at it as best as you possibly can, I suppose. And try do your best and get back now and kind of prove people wrong. I suppose that's that's the way I'm looking at it now.
1: And you still still uh, keeping an eye on the hoops and have been watching the the games on the new streaming service?
2: Yeah, I'd come here listen to him. Like I said, I'd be like a Rovers fan like you now, so during my time at the club, I fell in love with the whole thing, and you know, all the players, I'd be very close to, obviously Cavill, Burke, Finner, like Joey, I'd be close to a lot of them, so like, it's a big interest for me to watch the games and I obviously have been watching them all and um, hoping they they do well. Like um, like I said, I'm a I fan now, and I don't think that really changed. So yeah, I, uh, I can like I fell in love the club from when I saw him when I was 16, and I, I, I still love him now. So the staff as well have been brilliant to me. So I I really I have uh, not, not to watch the game. So it's uh, it doesn't hurt. I kind of wish I was still there, but. It doesn't hurt me to watch and to hope the lads do well. So that um, now it's been great. I think the stream service has been a great idea. Obviously, even like in general, to have something like that, even when the lockdown is on, to have something that you can watch all the games on you want. I think it'd be a great idea because sometimes, obviously, you know yourself, you can't get the different games, so you, you have to do something else or whatever. But it'd be nice to watch it Um all of them. But um, Oh, it's been going well
1: yeah uh, really enjoyed it well Sean best of luck with your recovery I hope you find a new club soon I hope to see you back in Tala uh, thanks a lot for joining us
2: thanks so much lads thank you
0: a wholesome 36 minutes prof. good old Boydie
1: remember I was saying uh, you, me and you went to Rosedon and we uh, we did the quiz with Sam Bon and Sean Boyd that's when I asked Sam about playing for Malaysia one day yeah. I remember that popped up
0: on Twitter again I think I squeezed about three minutes out, of Boyd that day. Yeah, he was in. I was, I was, yeah, I was there. Yeah. He was, he was in the Horace. Yeah, he wasn't in great form that day. It was actually just after that draw had the league defeat that I mentioned. There that we, we go. We made that horrible start. He must have got, he was must, must have got eaten in the dressing room. But the thing is, mm-hmm. he he'd sit in on every on every quiz. Then after that, oh, keen observer the quiz. Yeah, really was. So uh, we've made a fan out of him now. So we will be keeping an eye on it. and you could tell because he was talking about keeping an eye on the team and the signings that have been made. So he is talking about being a fan. He admitted to being a fan as well.
1: Just really enjoyable. So that's
0: another one for the Tifties 5 side <laughs> Just
1: really enjoyable hearing him talk about how much he loves the club, how much he still loves the club and Rovers. The, the bad times with the injuries, but he still has a sort of an upbeat ab- attitude about it. Uh, just, yeah, he's not bitter about his departure at all.
0: Just a lovely guy, and uh, it was great to hear from him like that. So hopefully we wish him all the best and a speedy recovery. Hopefully he'll be kicking a ball soon. I think he might be kicking a ball. I know he has the boots on he's jogging, so it's good to see that he's he's getting fit. Um. Yeah, so 2-1 in dairy Prop, an epic win, and we were all talking about this mid-game thinking, imagine we were there, imagine we were in the away end, and it was scored into the away end, like you were asking. Yeah. It would have been, been scenes, there would have been bodies everywhere, socially distanced celebrations be damned uh fantastic stuff really was and we really uh, we really turned a screw so the only change to the team was danny Lafferty for neil ferruja and i think we predicted it it was as expected yeah and uh both of us dropped gary o'neill we're sorry gary foolishly in fairness it wasn't dropped it was replaced it's a nice
1: way of saying that uh, I, I know this sounds ridiculous but to be honest every time we do the starting elevens I can't think of all our midfielders.
0: I <laughs> I left out on the way. I left out. Um, I left out Bork again on the on the last night when I was doing it. <laughs> and now I'm starting to do their team at their 11s. And this is something we spoke about before we started recording. Is that we're starting to look at how they're going to approach us now because we're so set in our ways, you could say. And we know our team. We know pretty much which way we're going to set up. Is that we're starting to look at their lineups and seeing how they're going to come and approach us.
1: Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. We're we're looking at them, the opponents, as much as ourselves now. Yeah. Because we're the team to be. You know, we're we're seen as this formidable team. Maybe we have a bit of an aura about us right now. We've won our first seven games.
0: Yeah, we are. We so are we're are constantly
1: the- looking at the other team formations
0: and how will they set up? Will they press us and all this? And then we were watching Pats against Dundalk and they pretty much mirrored how we play. And the, t- the question is, are they going to do that again? So... Um that's 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 the question that we were asking, is that they are they gonna set up the same way they set up against Dundalk on a tighter pitch mm. in Richmond or will they will they think of something else? And then you're picking your team kind of based on what you think they will do. For example, like <laughs> the pressure yeah. the pressure Bradley no not yeah. the pressure he's under but the, the headache of picking a team. Mm. It's it's crazy.
1: Like maybe Gaffney wouldn't be sued to start then against a patch team who are playing
0: like that. Exactly, because you might want mm. someone with a little bit more pace, who can cover a lot more ground on a tighter pitch. Yeah. Up there, you know, it's, there's a lot. The to tighter think about.
1: pitch probably doesn't suit Neil Friogia, whereas it <laughs> does suit Simon Madden. Whereas, whereas Madden probably, <laughs> well, he liked the wide pitch it had, but it probably resulted in him getting in a lot fewer uh, good crosses. Yeah, so possible. he can cut
0: in on his yeah. left foot and do those floaty crosses into the keeper's arms. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't care. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, our cancelled bus to Derry had thirty Estonian tourists on it a day or two beforehand as well, so I think we dodged a bullet with that one. We had numbers. Wasn't a COVID incubator, wasn't it? A call, yeah, just a COVID incubator. <laughs> we had we had numbers. It just, ugh. we had somewhere to go on Waterloo Street as well. It just it just wasn't happening. It didn't. It just didn't feel right. So, it plus, didn't
1: feel right getting the bus
0: to hour yeah but what would we have done I'm just thinking about now we would have been, like you know what it's like going through Monaghan so we're going through Monaghan Banjo before Monaghan we're going to get there off the bus and then we have nowhere to go <laughs> wandering around the bog side absolutely Banjo the rest would a disaster really was I love that it was only cancelled shortly
1: beforehand yeah we like, yeah. took, took it until then
0: <laughs> but the tour the Estonians yeah the incubator as you say um, that was a it was a bullet that we dodged but we're all watching on Air Sport. I was listening on Radio Foyle. I had to cover in work, and uh, great coverage. I have to say, really good, non biased and they pretty much said Rovers were the better team in the second half, and they pushed on, deserved their win. I have listened to them not in a
1: very long time now, but I've heard them before, and I actually did, I did find them biased.
0: Did you? I think
1: you yeah. told me that before, actually. Yeah. Is it, is it Liam Kyle? Was he on
0: it? Oh God, I can't remember. I didn't get any names. Usually, I was
1: kind of floating around, you know. I was holding the phone to me every so often. He usually is the co commentator on that. And Liam's good But I, From what I remember From years ago Yeah They were Like they wouldn't give Robbers credit If, if we played well And stuff
0: I think the last time I listened mm. to Derry And Rovers on the radio Was the semi Of a cup And we lost up there Yeah That's probably the last time I listened as well Was it Johnny Ward Or somebody gave out The wrong goal I'm jumping around The Dublin Mail Centre thinking We got a goal And he's <laughs> like oh, Whoa 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 Hold on Correction Derry's scored I was oh. like, are you for real? It
1: was a late penalty It was Horrendous stuff.
0: Horrendous stuff. That that game should have never even happened. We should have won. Shouldn't have been a replay. Yeah, should have beat should the have mentality. mentality Yeah, so AirSport, Off the coverage, what do you think of it?
1: Uh good, yeah, I think this was the first game in Airsports uh back since the break.
0: Um The only channel I don't have in my house. The yeah, only you, channel.
1: You can only you could only watch that game on the on the LOI stream. If you're overseas, unless you knew how to do the thing to oh, you with could the, have, yeah, yeah. You could
0: the BBN, have done that. It's actually but, not that yeah. complicated. There's no. a couple of steps.
1: But uh, this is actually my first experience with the fake crowd noise. And because I haven't, the balance haven't watched much football since I came back. I've only watched bits and pieces. And uh, no, I don't, yay, li- I don't yay like nay. it. No, I don't like it. No, I
0: don't like it. Oh, I think no. it's essential. I think it really is. I can't watch
1: it without it. It's really frustrating. It, it actually distracts me sometimes. I'm like, who whose fans are these what am I listening to what league is this
0: uh, so they get it right sometimes though if you watch it on Sky they they can um, they can mimic it quite well like if there's a go if the, let's say there's a team chasing an equaliser and um, like there's a save pulled off by the winning team like you can hear the crowd go Aah! if they get a corner <laughs> or something like you know it's, it's done well well the problem is especially when we get the
1: two goals I'm too engrossed then to even notice yeah so you could tell me anything I didn't notice any crowd noise during that whole period and the man is saved as well I wouldn't have noticed what's going on but we mentioned earlier about how your match day routine has changed I found myself m- way more nervous going into this because I wasn't going to the game
0: it's totally totally nervous I really was and you're just waiting for it to come on television the stakes are higher though that's the thing Yeah. the stakes are higher now everything every time we go in now there's a little bit more pressure because we're on top, top of the pile.
1: I was checking, I only missed four games last season. They're all the way from home. And the only one that was any of any significance was Cyprus. So this is the first like high stakes game I've missed in a strange, long time. strange, isn't it? I got a name dropped by Con Murphy, Gar.
0: Com Murphy. Yeah. staff friends.
1: Gave me credit for the stats. I've always said he's a better commentator than Darren Maloney. <laughs> of course haven't, he is. Haven't I always said that? Yeah, you
0: have in fairness. Yeah. In fairness. I'll give him that.
1: The timing wasn't great though, because literally a minute after he 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 dished out the stats and said my name, there he scored.
2: Say my name.
0: <laughs> and that was Walter yeah. Figuera. Are we saying that right? Figuera. Thirty six minutes and um, I heard the commentator. I, th- I don't think it was Khan. Could have been someone else. Was Khan on his own? Um, I don't think he was. Either way, whatever no, way they someone. approached it, they said that they gave him too much time. I don't know I thought that was kind of harsh They get, fair enough they kind of stood off him slightly but it was just a random cross from quite a bit way out I thought it was closer Finn, Finn could could've, have could've him down could more. have yeah but yeah. it was a total fluke Pico probably should have cleared it and it beat Manis mm. and it went in off the post so it was a fluke Pico nearly
1: reached it with his afro
0: yeah <laughs> it, was, uh, um, it was a fluke so we, we can't was, account for that
1: it was a very jammy goal mm. yeah it was actually in fairness it was a good build up for them both goals both of the first goals although they were fortunate mm. there was good build to play like Derry's centre back Call, he made a charging run from his own box which set up that goal and our build to play the other one uh, was excellent as well if you watch it we, the way we played out from the back
0: but overall but it damn. was a lethargic first half performance I think you could say
1: yeah I but mean, there, I
0: thought Derry were good from when I watched the back they were working hard they were. I we thought they were good. And and they were worth the performance. Their like,
1: tactics were actually quite
0: good. The way they were,
1: they were pushing us out wide, like you know noticed. Jack Byrne and McInniff and all. They weren't getting into the positions they normally liked it. No. And that so that was effective. Jack maybe the no pre-season was starting to show there. Possibly yeah. towards the end of the game, I noticed nothing was happening for him, and he looked a bit leggy.
0: I love the fact that Bradshaw didn't hesitate to give people the hook.
1: Yeah, but um, um, we've. I mean, we we do seem to like playing the brand new well. the big pitch. We had three straight wins going into it, but in this case, the pitch was really dry, and our passing was quite slow. I'm not going to lie; for a while there, I thought this was some kind of sick tribute to Crawley
0: Ball. Oh, I think I, me- I heard uh, Tommy Thormy mention something like that. Oh, as don't well. get Tommy Thormy started on Crawley Ball. We we were lost in the cloud yeah. for a couple of for about forty minutes mm. of the first half.
1: Yeah, our tempo was a bit slow, but have said that. At the back of your mind, were you not thinking, we've done this before? I was thinking, trust the process. We have worn teams down before and trust hit, them, the process, hit them in the yeah. second half. That's exactly
0: what I was thinking. So the second half came around with Burke coming on for Watson, Ferugia for Lafferty. So uh, going for the jugular is what Bradzer did. And um, We were talking about a team earlier. I like that. I like a preemptive we, strike. I like that.
1: Yeah, we were talking earlier We we pretty much agree that you don't put Berkey and Watts in the
0: same team, really. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, possibly too many creative influences there if you do have the likes of Jack in there mm. as well. Uh, we'll talk about our starting lineup soon enough.
1: Brad's actually made all of his subs by the 75th minute. With all five of his subs, which is unusual. Emptied the bench. Yeah. So he brought on Gaffney for Joey O'Brien. So then Gary O'Neill moved to centre-back. Uh, Gary, by the way... Showing his mean streak again,
0: which I quite like. He is very, very smart and he knows when to show it as well, isn't he? Yeah.
1: And we needed someone in there because Conor McCormick was biting <laughs> at everyone. He was moaning at everything. A nuisance, I'd say, is what you call him. At one point, I think our players just started to ignore him because it became comical. He was just shouting everything and we had uh Williams for Green and Marshall came on for Finn in that uh wing back position. So Marshall
0: looks good when he comes on. Looks yeah. look it looks uh confident, you know. Yeah. So, so we had Yeah, so
1: are earning a lot of praise for subs. I mean, they all contributed, didn't they?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what you want though. That's that's it's all about instilling that squad mentality within the team as if to say, okay, you're dropped, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a squad effort and you don't have to actually sit there and get in in, in the horrors because you've been dropped where you know you're going to play a part, you know you're going to feature eventually. So you stay ready and that's what happened. Do do have one
1: one question though and um, you're entitled to shout nerd at me after this. Offers a question. Did we not in fact break the rules here by making a sub at four different times? Because it literally says in the rules that you only have three chances to make these subs. So you have to make the five subs. That's why everyone keeps making two double subs and then one. Or one and then two doubles or whatever. So should we air this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not our fault. The referee shouldn't allow it. So you have to make your five within three chances. Yeah, yeah, I get you. you. I don't agree with that. What's the point in that? To reduce stoppages in play. that's, that's, That's pointless. So if you want to bring on one player in particular and you're on your third sub... You have to bring on... No, no, I don't I don't agree with that at all. You should give it five chances. Five subs, five chances. What's the point in giving you three chances to bring on five subs? Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah.
0: The goal came on 78 and it was a great bit of play out wide. It was uh, with uh, Marshall linking up with... Two subs linking up, Marshall and um, Gaffney. And Gaffney, I loved the way he just pointed before he hit the ball... And he was like, <laughs> "Get your arse in there, C-block. C Block." C Block rose said. like the phoenix. That's what he said, word for word. Get your ass in there, C Block. <laughs> not even going to attempt the Galway accent. But yeah, got in there. C Block rose above Alan Tall, who's a good eight foot six, and uh, buried it off the post, and then right in the face for um, Colin Horgan. Of his mush and into the goal, so unfortunate for Seawap not to be given the goal and att- attribute to him. But listen, mm. we got the equaliser.
3: In the face, in the face. No!
1: <laughs> so Gaffney made an instant impact again. If you if, if you watched it, we I don't think we had made a good cross all game mm. until he came on and then literally a minute later he whipped in a good one.
0: Whips in the lefty. And if you remember then.
1: that impact against the doc, that was that was excellent.
0: Yeah, brilliant super impact sub and uh, from then on I think WhatsApp groups were hopping and it's like torn the screw here lads let's go and just before you
1: get to the second goal uh, Dino had a chance to win it just before them he had a clear cut chance uh, it was a great run by Ferrugia to set him up and you were just waiting for the net to bulge looked like you were trying to put it between his yeah. legs and it was actually the, result, the resulting corner that we scored from but uh, just a note from Kieran Stafford he said the CCTV footage from the Irish town house will probably be a decent watch. It'll show me and Mooner jumping up, doing a lap of the lounge, thinking Williams has scored only for us to realise and walk back to our seats with our heads in our hands. Only then for us to score from the resulting corner and do another lap.
0: So they didn't even watch the net bulge. They just saw it leave his <laughs> foot and goes, that's it. <laughs> right, when we do a lap of the Dundalk house. Yep. Fucking Irish town house. Uh, yeah so uh, Q. scenes And Pico Stabbing home You could say It was a bit of a stabber Wasn't it Yeah two
1: boys of the cherry As Colin commentary said The ball just Still dangled in the air there yeah,
0: Stabbed home by Pico and it in. Redeemed himself And once again He has shown the character Of a true leader And uh, fantastic stuff On 81 minutes And scenes Scenes in the offices of, On post
1: Scenes among the Three people in attendance <laughs> <laughs> in the robber's official capacity
0: so really uh, I mean oh man 84th minute late winner imagine we had been in, in the Brandywell. it just sickens me but great, great tweet by
1: Ryan McDyer he said let's be honest the only downside is that we've been robbed of an almighty away trip
0: yeah that's it that's the only thing but listen that's a that's a force world pr- problem isn't it realistically mm. so by the way Jason Maloney uh, acting as
1: special timekeeper like something out of pro wrestling.
0: Yeah, it, it was, wasn't it?
1: Actually, telling the players in the sidelines how which time two was minutes,
0: left. two minutes, Joey, point it. So we're gonna move on to uh, once again the tank of a man, Big Alimanis. I mean, this uh, he he did it again. Like you you text me and you're like, did you fucking see that? <laughs> I was like no I didn't I'm listening to it on the radio what's going on and then you sent it to me and I was like holy shit told all you had to do was bury it but you know what I loved even more I loved Pico's determination because I oh, watched yeah. it maybe four or five times I was thinking that's a Pico block at first first two watches I go that's a Pico block he's blocked that Alan is getting the credit here but then you look back it and it was Al but Pico was just as determined to get there he got yeah. there just on time so if it wasn't Alaman saving it, it was Pico blocking it. So that's the type of determination that you're dealing with. It's it's just it it oozes out of Pico and into everybody else. He
1: did that against the dock, Remember he scored the the equalising goal. The and salmon. Then, and then he made a last ditch tackle uh, or diving head That's when he
0: turned into a a fish for mo- <laughs>
1: momentarily. <laughs> like that's that's equal a goal when he does things like it that. It is yeah
0: it is. Yeah. Well for defenders for the lover of a defender mm. who which I would be I would be a lover of a defender. And uh, it's just as good, especially that one against Dundalk. That was amazing. As you said,
1: there was actually two saves in the last five minutes. The first one was uh, down to his right, the Guerrero one. Yeah, he, he was
0: kind of blindsided, wasn't he? Did you notice that? I think he was. There yeah. was a defender in his way, and he got down really he well. Many good, good stretch for that one. And a lot of keepers nowadays would palm that out and you know, put it out to the side. Maybe he just cut it. And I, was lo- lo- I was thinking, lovely, <laughs> love a good catch. Oh, he's just class, isn't he? What a turnaround, Prof. So there was that one,
1: and then there was the the one at the end where it hits the bar and then man is closing out <laughs> at the near post. And I, I, just, I was just sitting there with my, heads in my, ha- my head in my hands, like, how did that stay out? Hell.
0: Like, it's just.
1: Like, like, I had already accepted it was going in. I was like, no. Second
0: I hit the bar, I'd say you're just like, oh, here we go. Like, come on. Killing us. But amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Fantastic turnaround. And that is what you call character. Two goals in three minutes. Character. That is how you pull it out of the ashes. So really, really happy about Digging out a result. Digging out a result. Yeah, exactly. Man. I'd say Brad just went home and just thought, oh, that feels so good. Feels so good. So, and a big, big three points. A it's huge it's, three points profit. It's
1: a sort of game where if we do it,
0: if we do it, you know what, and all goes well. You know what. We'll, we'll look back on that one. It is. That's the first thing I thought of. I just thought, we're going to look back on that. If we do, you know what. So, so staff says that the CCTV footage from the Irish town would be a good watch. But,
1: we do have exclusive audio from the Kilmartin house. And, I might have to lower the volume a bit on this one, or block your ears. But, uh, here's
0: his reaction to the goal. Yeah! So, that's, uh... Kilmartin and, uh... Yeah. Screaming down the house. So we're now six points clear at the top prof and that's six ahead of Bowes. Not even Dundalk, and A ahead of them. So the Bows Dundalk, 2-1 at Deddymouth. I watched that, I thought I thought Bows were actually really good. Mm. Uh, they had Twardeck out wide and they were they were they were pretty much what was going on? They had two grafters in the middle, they Buckley and they Lunny. And they were doing all the dirty work and they were either releasing Grant on the right, Twardeck on the left and Ward in the middle so that's what they were doing they were pressuring and pressuring in the middle of the park and breaking everything down and then they were going wide with it Twardek had Sean Gannon spinning yeah I heard Gannon was, had a horrid time he had a good game he's a bit like Bambi on ice at times you know it's, it takes a lot of steps takes a lot of unnecessary steps but they they were worth a win and possibly mm. possibly they should have scored more Dundalk were shadows of themselves so
1: Dundalk Dundalk had been flat <laughs> since they come back from the break yeah they definitely have, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, think. I certainly wouldn't dismiss them. I think their cable are going on a run.
0: Really, but yeah. They don't look themselves no. at the moment. Not at all. Not at all. So it's but, uh, it's working out in our favour at the minute, momentarily, but, anyway.
1: By the way, uh, how sick must it have been Boson and Dog fans? Probably loving
0: life after 70 minutes of our game. Loving it. Loving it. I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall of all them, just sitting there, rubbing their hands, thinking <laughs> this is great. Robbers are losing. It's added a new dynamic to the to the
1: to the season, has not it? Because robbers and the doc were rarely playing the same on the same day, even. Yeah. And even if we are, it's going to be different kickoffs. So you're always reacting to one or the other. So there's always like an opportunity to go further ahead, and. Our rival fans are probably watching us on TV as well, so it's all—it's very different.
0: Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's nuts. It's like to look at what we're doing. Look how we're following our team. Look how everybody's following their team. It's just—it's once again—it's the buzzword, surreal. So, uh, yeah, that was Bowes and Dundalk, and they had a bit of a change in their team. The Danny Mandrew, who was out. Do you know what's that one, Prof?
1: I did. In brackets, gargled. That's a, like that's a major. Blow. that's a major move, wasn't it? <laughs> like seriously it was but having said that uh, did you hear Colin Byrne on uh, the RT circuit podcast I actually no. agree with him I think it could have just been played off as a funny blunder until Mandrew actually came out and tweeted that and he made a show of himself
0: and then Bows made a show of themselves but yeah. apologising I actually don't think it was a big that big a deal it wasn't. until he tweeted. No, it wasn't. And here's the thing. Will I tell you my take on it? Let's say you have your own bit of background banter and crack within WhatsApp groups and behind closed doors. Maybe they put gargled for a reason. Why would they mess about that? I don't know. Inside joke gone wrong. And he got annoyed about it. So therefore, we're gonna dig a little bit deeper here and go into the rabbit hole. <laughs> There's something there. That's all I'll say. He could be the litigious type. I won't say too much. But Why
1: not that happened like to, to me in the team news? I just i started <laughs> I started thinking about it. I'm like, like what would happen?
0: Oh man, It'd be nuts! You wouldn't make that mistake, Profit's Not you haven't got it in you. So now are you taking Bowles seriously? Uh, I think so. I don't think I never didn't. But you have to take everybody seriously considering it's a sprint to the finish now mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a marathon that's the, that's the catchphrase isn't it it's a sprint yeah but I think it's going to come down to two biggest games of the season they're going to be home to Bowles and away to Dundalk, and possibly near enough to each other so away to Oriel and home to Balls will pretty much seal the fate of the league
1: thank god we got the Showgrounds and Daily Mount out of the way
0: yeah it's huge wasn't it yeah it's huge so it's it's an interesting times in the League of World and yeah. every game Every game is just as important As the other now We can't really afford To drop points I have a new
1: guilty pleasure Gare oh. Maybe guilty is the wrong word it's You're just, actually feeding it's, The prisoners in your lair now Is that <laughs> what it is? It's just pleasure actually uh, Vinnie Pert's face When Dundalk <laughs> lose <laughs> Yes I, I could almost I can get on board with this I could almost write an essay on it It's just It's a sight to behold There's some sort of like Near childish pout hmm. To him As he walks off the pitch like if I ran into Vinny Perts, If I like Was living under a rock For three days And he walked past me With that face I'd be like You just got beaten
3: Yeah
0: Or you'd be like You're, Someone just took your toys Or you have been told You can't do something It's absolutely glorious Can I we bring it. in a new segment
1: Called yeah. the weekly excuse Oh yes Can we bring that in
0: Because the, he's full of them The new one is Our squad has been found out So that's that's it So the squad of 48 Players that he has has been found out. <laughs> and what was his other one when he played us? Uh. Is that they didn't have any substitutes of the attacking nature. Mm-hmm. And he brought on Dan O'Kelly. Brought on somebody else. So, I don't think the squad will take too, too well to this now. I love how he says... Hold on a sec. He said the squad have been found out. Yeah. So, he's going in to train these guys now after them reading this quote. How does that affect morale? That is huge. I just let that register there. So he is pretty much saying We're not that good. We've been found out. I I Like if I it. said to you let's say for instance you're a bad worker, not saying prof's great, right? You're not a bad worker. But let's say I found out Damn straight. Let's say let's say I said to you, You've been found out, prof. What would you think? You'd be like he's insinuating I'm a fucking brother. Well, you're
1: you're singling out me. Yeah. I, I'm actually taking it out to be to mean uh It's almost an indictment of his ability to identify new signings
0: because he's talking about the squad i don't think he signs his players i I think he has scouts there and they'll come to him with a dossier and they'll say this fella's good do you want to sign him and he'll watch a couple of videos and he'll go yeah go on sign him i think that's how it works if you hang up vinnie perth's signings
1: and stephen bradley's signings side by side brasler has for sure, made some wrong ones. 100% yeah. made some really bad ones. But the vast majority have been perfect for this team. Yep. They've been they've been ballers. They've been the sort of characters you want in the dressing room who are not disruptive. They fit into our style of play.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally agree with everything you're saying. And it, t- it seems that Dundalk have just bought into the mercenary style of transfer where the likes of your man, who's at Odua, who's with Rangers. He's been floating around Europe. Kolovich, another one like these players are just there for the money. I know a lot of footballers are there to get paid, but it's more than that. It feels like it's more than that with Rovers, whereas Dundalk looks like there for a cheque. Big money, peak six. I'll take that, and it seems to be falling apart. At the seams now. So, like,
1: how many of their new signings have complemented the core of Kenny's team and made them better?
0: I don't think so. They seem to. Kolovich seems to be fitting in. Apparently, from what I'm hearing, he's got a sweet left foot seen him a couple of times he looks like a good player that you could centre your player around but other than that I mean they're just emer- like, remember that remember that Taj Bagumi is that his name yeah he's remember gone remember him he has gone yeah. as well I think he went to someone else after that as well think he went to Pats the Pats for a brief period But since we're talking about Pats uh, Harps 2-0 at home two very smart finishes from Georgie Kelly who I do rate as a player he's a good player but then they went up the Bally Buffet didn't they Prof they certainly did all the way to Belly Buffet.
1: Even some fans went and just stood outside the gate for some to reason to get knocked
0: out of the cup. And the goal. I feel bad, but we have to mix the emotions on this. Mix them, yeah. mix the emotions. <laughs> Good Palavers. Agent Cairns has struck again. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was a, it, it was a comedy of errors more than anything. But do you know what made it even worse? I only realise now. Connor's favourite player. Oh, sorry, Carl's favourite player. Oh, the irony. I didn't even think of that. I'm mean, going sus that now. Jesus. Sorry, lads. Sorry. Please oh. keep listening, but we have to take the piss. You know, this is reeking
1: of shooting fraud, but oh it, wow. it's Pats that we're mainly laughing at.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It's That's just unfortunate that we know, yeah. uh, Connor. But, uh, yeah, so that was them knocked out of the cup in the preliminary rounds. Not even the second round. Yeah. Not even the second round. Oh, man. Brilliant.
1: I love their tweet that went out. It said, Dave Webster booked for time-wasting after 20 minutes. Yeah, go there Davey.
0: You're (laughs) loving it. Loving it. Oh, brilliant.
1: I also quite was was amused by um, Stewie Byrne on Cody's Call because they'd obviously recorded that on the Monday and it aired on the Tuesday. So Stewie Byrne was given his past analysis and his preview going into Rovers, mm-hmm. having not seen the cup game, so he was he was he was talking about the league win. It was like, oh, that's really set up past seasons now, season now. And I was like, oh, they're in good spirits going into Rovers now.
0: When did this podcast come out? Tuesday morning, <laughs> the night yeah. after the game. Yeah, well done, Stewie. Yeah, the um, yeah, it was just flat, and it didn't work out for him at all. So that was a long, L journey home. I'd say. Oh boy. So that is Pats going out of the cup and they won in the league We've Cork who have scored one goal in the league after seven games played and they drew nil all with Waterford and beat Longford in the cup with a 124th last minute goal uh, I think well, I hate getting names wrong I should have wrote it down why do I think of? why am I thinking Kachinga I'm just um, thinking well, of money here uh, Kachinga I don't well, know what well, I but either it's way hard. we'll get his name and uh, absolute belter of a goal he left somebody on his arse Went back again, left someone else on his arse and then buried it into the top corner. And scenes in the preliminary round, 121st <laughs> minute. I think it got to, more to do with Longford and Fenn's departure, but it was... Um, Plus
1: the season carker Cork are having. Yes. It's, it's one thing on this show we never do, and that's judge fans' celebrations.
0: Never. Although, be, you know very well that we'd be doing the same thing. Although, were there any fans there? I presume not, not but... There's no fans, but we'd still celebrate we know what like I mean. nuts. You do, it's 124th winner of the Cup, you know you're gonna at home. I presume yeah. they were gone. nuts. When they celebrate like they won the league, oh, get a grip, mm. man. Will you come on? Obviously, we yeah. do slack on our teams like that as well. But we do it ourselves. It's football, It swings the yeah. roundabouts. Graham Cummins, <laughs> a center back, send off in that game. And but debut, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, never would have t- taken him for a centre half, so. That's Cork struggling again. Dundalky, Waterford 1-0 the other FA Cup preliminary round and they had a goal ruled out. Waterford for offside. So Sam Bone whipping in a ball. John Martin getting above Rodgers and ruled out unfortunately. Um, would, have been, would have been good to see Waterford try and nip them and get through to a second round toy. Speaking of
1: <laughs> RT Soccer Podcast as well, did you hear the interview with the Waterford assistant manager? He was being pushed about uh, you know the doctor resigning. Did he
0: say anything? Did he reveal anything?
1: No, No. well, first of all, it wasn't John Sheridan. It was the assistant manager. Oh,
0: John didn't want that. So he's
1: obviously there at the dodge questions. And that's exactly what he did. And it was very cringy. Like he was saying like he hadn't, he's not on Facebook. So he hadn't seen the doctor's post about what she said. I'm not on Facebook. They might as well have sent out the tea lady. I'm like, I'm not on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook. Why would I know?
0: Book. (laughs) Book.
1: He, like, he offered nothing whatsoever he just played
0: dumb like very very cringy it was embarrassing so that was the physio guy or whatever we want to call it doctor guy with Waterford uh, so another win for Sligo goes well to one home to Shelburne watch Shelburne again they're not great they're uh, a lot of clipping balls over full backs and chasing it down and then whipping balls into no one in the box very hard to watch Every time I open
1: Twitter, someone's giving out about Shelburne's style of play.
0: Yeah, it's not great. saying they're brutal. It's a uh, it's direct. Well, it would be nice mm-hmm. and say it's direct.
1: They were fourth on the table there at one stage, but probably a bit misleading because their only result since they came back from the break was at Harps. So those other wins were at the start of the season.
0: Mm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say an an eighth place finish. I'm gonna say they'll they'll just finish above the relegation playoff.
1: I think they'll just be. Bit like Pats, they'll be up and down all season and then they'll just finish building mid table. But uh, we were the only home team to win last week, here. This week
0: we're the only away team to win. So we roll, prof. Uh, So we roll. Cool kids on the block. Uh, Lucan, a Lucan native, I saw this. A Liffey Valley bookie's paid out 47 grand in an accumulator and it was Big Al who won it for him. Um, I like Big Al. He got like five different correct scores, right? who does that who goes in and puts those bets on I don't know (laughs) What did he put on again I don't don't know know. it wasn't it wasn't much 10 or 20 quid max I think I might have been 5 or even but that's like that's now that's the thing I want to know when you go to the bookies obviously they don't give it out to you there where do you collect that it's like the lot Do you go into a headquarters you must go into the headquarters (laughs) it's a lot of money yeah you should buy big Al a meal or something like that. Yeah. He some peanut butter. Yeah. So our B team, beating 3-1 at UCD and Thomas Alua had pulled him back for the young hoops. O'Sheen Hand made his senior debut with young Zeffi getting another run out, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see our young hoops uh, pulling some strings in there. But that's a good UCD team and it's nothing to be ashamed of. But once again, it's more minutes under the belt for these young guys and hopefully a pathway to the first team for some of our rising stars.
1: This hopefully will become a regular uh, segment of the show. Gare. I love conspiracy theories by first division fans. Yes, I, I really, really enjoy this. The have new an- one. Have
0: we another one this week?
1: Yes, the new one is a Galway fan who claims that Rovers Two deliberately feel the weaker sides against the other Dublin teams.
0: Why would we? Why would we do that? Think about that. Why would Ado do that? Imagine, imagine him thinking, okay, I'm going to sacrifice my team who I've put all of what he's gone through as well let's not remember let's not forget that what he's gone through hypothermia COVID the whole lot so I'm going to sacrifice my team's fortunes just to annoy other clubs all the effort all the he brought these young fellas through since they were young and he's going to do that like get a grip man
1: and the worst part is he's not even right about the strength <laughs> of the teams, because if you like we, we had no scales or Williams against UCD that was the only difference yep we were probably at our weakest in inverted commons against Galway
0: Three true and we got a draw with that one yeah, yeah.
1: just Galway are shy to see <laughs> yeah. do you just random note, do you feel the same way about these FBI stories the last week or so as I do where it just could not be less interested.
0: 100% agree with you 100% I'm not bothered anymore man. I really am and I think that's what they want I think they want to feel, I want us to have disdain towards them. They want us to not care anymore, so they can just kind of tip along and do what they usually do. Hope I'm hoping it gets better, but I just I'm I'm fed up. I really don't care anymore. The league is back, so I think that's kind of taken. Yeah. We were probably interested because when the football wasn't on, we probably had a little bit more interest in it. But now that we're back, our our interest has been taken up by the by the actual league. But I was reading
1: literally everything. Everything in you would though a few weeks checking before.
0: extra time every yeah. day and no. I've no, I've no interest in it Unless it's explosive I'm done But the other day I
1: picked up the paper And the words Nuclear option Were in the headline And still I couldn't even get past The first two paragraphs Nuclear I, option I nearly fell
0: asleep Why was that in the headline
1: yeah. In other news Gareth, The ultras And their pesky banners They finally got their wish Bradzer Got the sack <laughs> As the Arsenal scout
0: Oh I saw that They released everybody They got rid of all Of the Arsenal skills. So that I wonder how that worked with Bradshaw and what way he went about it because his heart is is, is like is uh, he's really busy with Rovers, you know what I mean? So yeah. how does that work? Well, he he was Arsenal's Irish scout. I think. Yeah, I always wonder how it works. So yeah. if he's going to recommend to Arsenal, surely he be thinking of going to put him in my team? You know, conflict of interest there. Um, yeah. I wonder oh, if that's the case anywhere else. Has there a first team manager of any ma- major club in any country been a scout for another club in a different country? That's just, there's there's one for you get digging on that prof I have no intention of getting digging on that a busy man Um, that's uh, that's it for a B team we move on to a special time of year that we all love it's not Christmas it's European trips and our potential European opponents were revealed late on Sunday and they were all on the green list it would either be Honka S Poo
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the second you did that I was like right opening to the podcast started, <laughs> but, then, but then we didn't
0: draw them Um. Ilves tamp. Oh, I'm not getting it wrong again. We've been googling how to pronounce these, and now we even the up, wrong pronunciation is stuck in my head. We even came up with a, like a, a silly phrase to help us. We did. Oh, we've, we've forgotten. it Oh, oh I'm forgetting it already. Tampere Tampere, That's it, bro. We were, we were going Italian. We were saying Tampere. We just It was stuck in our head. So Tampere Ilves Tampere in Finland, or it was going to be Duniasca Strea. From Slovakia So Dundalk had a really hard draw And they've been drawn away To the champions of Slovakia So that's Moved to Hungary That's going to be in Hungary that game So a nice trip to No they do... got Slovenians I think Oh they? Slovenians Sorry yeah. yeah they got Slovenians So it's still It's it's, it's tough either way Because it's going to be A n- neutral venue in Hungary Um, Drew Weedry Ilves Tampere No Tampere <laughs> Tampere Let's just go <laughs> with the,
1: the Ignorant Irish version
0: Tampere Bobcats Tampere we're, yeah? we're off to Tampere so Rovers were the only LOI team to get a home draw and it'll be played in Tallis so I've been doing I always do this I google the fuck out of every team that they got and believe it or not right the team Derry got I think it was FK Trackuy and they're called something else Ritteroy they had an Irish manager his name is um, Owen McConnell or something like that something along those lines and I was trying to google and there was no history of him whatsoever they have a guy called Hugh Curran who's the chairman, and then they appointed a new manager yesterday, so it was probably just interim. So it was interesting to see that they you were playing against opponents with an Irish manager. Interesting, yeah. Um, I couldn't find anything on him, though. I could have been someone taking the piss on Wikipedia, but I could not find one thing on him, and now he doesn't exist anymore.
1: I just couldn't get past their scruffy yellow cat crest. First. Yeah,
0: yeah. scruffy, come on, the scruffy yellow cats. <laughs> scruffy yellow cats. Mangy looking thing, isn't it?
1: So it's the first time we've been seated since 2016, when ironically, it was also against Finish that position. That, that was Brad's first game.
0: Rops, we
1: talked about that with Sean Boyd earlier. He played in that game. And uh, not that we're we're going to Finland, but you see that if you arrive in Finland, and you don't sell wisely, you
0: could face up to three months in prison. I didn't see that. And like I said, I was doing a little bit of research on it, and uh, Tampere is the 26th most hipster city in Europe. So there you go. And those are useless facts. Out of all. Of The chicken wings consumed in Finland, half of them are consumed in Tampere, Tampere, <laughs> Tampere, and uh, yeah, so they love the chicken wings over there. Plus, their local cuisine is a black pudding like sausage with blood, and it's like a black pudding type thing. And it's mi- and it's eaten with ingleberry jam. So, there you go, Prof. Wow. If you ever visit Finland,
1: as soon as you list anything though above 20. Like if you're the twenty six something, your first thought is just also oh, just twenty five better than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like my favorite comedian is Stuart Lee, and one of his tours was he, he was like it was a joke title, forty first best stand up, because he was voted forty first and then like an E four documentary. So then he went around promoting that like forty first. <laughs> yeah, I, I like when people think they piss yeah. out
0: of themselves. So it would have been an interesting draw I mean Finland would have been pretty cool so uh, Dundalk move on to them and they got the hardest draw we talked about that with Slovenian champions and I was checking out their squad and they have a few quid you know when you go on to a current squad on Wikipedia and you see like 20 different flags from nationalities you can kind of tell that they have a few quid bringing players in from all over Europe you can't, you can't tell them the service but But you could that's I think I'm just going for budget yeah. wise. Budget wise they probably are bringing players in from all over Europe, South America, mm. Africa. So you can kinda of guess that they do have a few quin, yeah. their caliber might be a little bit better. When you when you dig deeper, I suppose you find different things.
1: Remember that t- that uh Apollon <laughs> last year? Like until we interviewed that uh, UEFA um correspondence, we didn't realise that a lot of those like Spanish players and things were coming from like the second tier of Spain. Yeah. So whereas you when you open up say a page and it's like so and so has one cap for Senegal in 2006 that's what it pretty much is you're not sure what to make of that The fella it's but, 35
0: like yeah so the buzz just isn't there this year prof we're not no we're not googling well I am I'm doing it anyway I'm just frustrating myself but you're not googling flights I'm looking at just the cities and stuff like that see what they're like yeah, but not you're not so. googling their flights you're not googling their accommodation you're not looking at the pubs we're not sorting out a deal where we can get cheap drink it can, you, it's just not happening it consumes your week normally it, it does yeah totally consumes the month leading up to it because you know you're going you know you're going to have the crack with the lads abroad but it's just not happening this year so. so if you haven't booked your flights by the Wednesday
1: are you even a Rollers fan there you go
0: and we have plans for the for the home game we do have plans so we will keep you posted on those we will not reveal them yet hmm. you have to stay tuned and listen again next week having, so, said,
1: having said that Mitzi our old pal uh, up till 3am on Monday morning before the draw even happened. Doing his research. Scouting one of the
0: potential Finnish teams. Not and, even the I don't and, think it was the one we got in the end. No, I it? think it was the wrong one.
1: No, that's dedication. Does our <laughs> current opposition analysis go the extra mile like that? I don't with think hands, so. It's, I it's, with it.
0: It's the little details, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'd i say he's forgotten everything he saw in that match. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours, I think he spent a, uh, Paul O'Connell Robert's fan actually lives in Finland so he's, uh, he was giving us a lowdown on Twitter he actually has been to the games he's been to a couple of live mm-hmm. games beer in hand so a lucky lucky man mm. and uh, possible scale over there make his way down to the game give Brad's a few notes Robert was our scale last time wasn't he yeah he was very familiar he actually won player of the year over there before he
1: was FC mm-hmm. Hackett he was with speaking of Paul O'Connell also wanted <laughs> to give a shout out to Paul who, who asked Paul Curry on Twitter if he cleans his runners with a toothbrush <laughs> now, he was quite bright wasn't he the, these were blindingly white runners yeah like you had to cover your eyes from the screen it was the colour was so off
0: he keeps going for comfort more than anything wasn't he well, our opponents Ilves Tampere, are mid-table in the Finnish league I think I saw them as in the relegation playoff zone at one stage maybe that was half the table we saw but I'm guessing the, fin- the Finnish league isn't that um, hasn't got that many teams in it so from what mm. I saw they were down the bottom half 10 teams, yeah. so either way they're not doing well at all and they've the worst defence at the minute and um, they were beaten in the first round of 2018 the last appearance in Europe in the previous three decades so we're not get, we're getting ahead of ourselves here but we're, we're confident going into this game considering the squad we have and the form we're in and these guys aren't doing too well in the league at the minute but it's a one-off game it's a 50-50 chance and we're at home you'd like to think that we are the favourites going into this, so we won't get too cocky, but we will be confident enough. Bohemians face a trip to Hungary against a predominantly right-wing club, Fehérvár. Fehérvár, what we give that a go there, prof. No, fair bar. That's
1: why I got you to read these things.
0: Fehérvár, formerly known as Videoton, so um, they would have been associated with right-wing, anti-immigrant.
1: Victor Orban so Videotan are a big name yeah it?
0: that's what I was thinking they didn't know they changed their name yeah. so they would be um, it'd be interesting to see if Bo's actually stick to their guns and are all about you know their way of life and what they want to promote as regarding as a football club and let's see if they register that jersey the refugees welcome one well they haven't registered it so they haven't registered it no why wouldn't they do that because that team playing stripes and is red in it so why wouldn't they register that Jersey? Why, prof? Someone's gargled. <laughs> oh, Danny Mandrew and Abid. Yeah, so uh yeah, so that's them. They are going to where's that game being put played, prof? Uh
1: in Hungary. Yeah. It's in Hungary, yeah. So you know what that means, Gar. What's it mean, prof? Balls still haven't seen the inside of the Aviva it's lovely in there it's lovely and big it's quite nice and cosy it's great when you win a cup in it
0: as well yeah I, I think it's great 10 years later they don't know what it's like in there yeah you'd love to see it they'd love to see it so we've already travelling all the way to Lithuania professor they're going to have Vilnius and they are playing uh, there's a lot of ch- clubs changing names this is Riteroy. they were FK Trakoi. they knocked out of the competition mm-hmm. at the 4th Hurdle last year against a team of the Faroe Islands so that's a big They they've gone through the ringer they have They've same with the Bowes team the team that Bows are playing they've changed their name more than Cork so uh, it's it's crazy but there's a lot of teams changing their names they are currently 6th in a league in a disappointing league season in which they won one of their last 14 games so Derry should be confident going into that yeah you'd fancy Derry there you'd fancy Derry going into that one uh, Bows and Derry will be able to play in their respective countries as they are green listed so that is Bows going to Hungary and Derry going to Lithuania
1: did I hear Dan McDonald correctly the other day? He said that the prize money for winning our league this year is 800,000. Our league? Yeah.
0: Could no, have swore a he chance. said 800,000. Not a chance in hell. So one hundred and ten normally. There's mm. no way they're going to increase that by 800. But is this not the FEI
1: the other way they have to put more money into the pot If than it is. club's back?
0: If it is, that's amazing.
1: Because if it is, that means this is the first time in many a year where it's not more lucrative just win around in Europe.
0: Than is to win your own league the money is everywhere this is the big one this is the big year to be winning the league and to go and fire in Europe because if you go through one round you're guaranteed another two am I right? yeah I think you're guaranteed three ties because then you, even if you lose you go into the you go into other like, Europa league and then you go into the what is it? The, the Europa Conference the Timpot Cup or <laughs> whatever it's called but either way it's Europe and I'm happy to be playing and I'm happy to be competing so I'm actually excited about this new I Europe competition I cannot wait man. imagine being in
1: with okay maybe it's fanciful to say we're in with a chance of winning it but you know what I mean we're
0: we're playing clubs who are at our level it's it's brilliant we're competing it's no way taking the shine off it whatsoever it's brilliant and if you're not excited about Europe because it's another competition that you could say is slightly mm. less prestigious than the others then you can, fuck off man It's I'm totally excited about this plus there's a mm. financial package there for us that if we get a hold of that, we can really kick on. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that, man. Really um, am.
1: Well, having said that, yeah, I mean, there's no prioritising one over the other uh, because we're quite close to being seeded in the Champions League next year. And what you're talking about where you you could have, uh, you know, three ties guaranteed. So, if we get a decent result here. If we go through one round. Yeah. That should
0: mean we're in the Champions League next should year. should tip if, us over, if shouldn't If we it? win the league. Weren't we the very, very last league to, team to be seeded this year? Um, I think we are
1: right down the bottom. That, well, it wasn't a country seeding. That was our own. Oh, it was a coefficient, coefficient yeah. yeah. So, everything's important. It is. It's such a big season. And winning this round,
0: winning the league, getting to the Champions League. This is the one. Even talking about more, it makes me want to be in the game just on Sunday but even that just like the Pats game as well if you are going to it it's not the same let's say we did manage to bunk in we got in through some way or media or whatever it's not the same it's quiet there's no fans Mm. you're hearing every tip and tap and every scream and shout it's not the same so is it am I mad to say that maybe I don't want to go back until the fans are there
1: I want to go is back crazy. Thing to I say. want to go back in with 500 people. That that'd be a bit of crap. Yeah,
0: I'd do that. Yeah. But I think if if we're talking about the 200 people, which would just be staff, employees, mm. guards, stuff like that, I probably don't think I want it. Don't know. We'll see. Mm. So Linfield move on to them in the Irish Football League. We have Linfield's Champions League Toy was postponed. One of their players had COVID, so we're yet to see if that's going to be a walkover. If it is. That's, I mean that's easy money for them that's them true around without having to play imagine ball imagine this happened to us but there, there is a cost of getting the team there that's the only thing now but Give imagine
1: it. going out of Europe because one of our players tested by oh you'd be sick wouldn't you nothing to do with on the football pitch just wow. a chance occurrence it can happen
0: easily it could happen players are getting tested well I think it's every what are we now going, but by the time this comes out it'll be Thursday they probably will have tested yesterday which is today Wednesday Oh, I ain't gonna think about that that's something you didn't even think about so hopefully our players are behaving themselves is testing continuing I thought that was
1: just to. for the four clubs remember? surely it has to be remember they released it every week like four or five rounds of testing and then you didn't hear about it again I think
0: they, I think they are I think they have to think about it hmm. it has to be a regular thing doesn't it
1: but they only tested the warford squad after that uh, incident where I one of them, them displayed symptoms I'm not too sure that's something we can look yeah. into
0: so that's Linfield going through I'd say more likely uh, FAI Cup second round draw is today at midday so as you are listening to this it is Thursday and we will know who our opponents are so uh, we'll guess we'll give it a bash Rockmount are gone or oh, no Rockmount we can't get them <laughs> uh, give me Harp's no, at home Harps at home please not body
1: buffet considering how much we laughed at Pat's earlier
0: yes that'd be just our luck wouldn't it
1: <laughs> yeah no give me Harps at home and I'll take that this is the least nervous I've ever been for an FAI Cup draw I actually don't care We've won the cup.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, don't talk like that. We'll end up getting someone really tough. We'll end up getting some away trip. I just don't want really to go. Well, do you know what? Considering the way things are now, away trips aren't really away trips anymore for the team. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no real stigma attached to it anymore. There's no fans getting in your face. There's nothing like that. So. Can you imagine this was the year we were
1: gunning to end our drought and we were building towards an empty Aviva?
0: Oh man, it'd be horrendous, wouldn't it? Thank
1: God Jesus, we won we got we it Yeah,
0: thank God we won it Yeah, dead right So you will As as we are speaking You will know who our opponent is If in a way Or if it's home And who we have So uh, yeah We look forward to that draw Our old pal Oki Orhan Voyic Has a new club And he's back in the Austrian First division So I'm not sure if they call it The Premier division And the first Or the first and the second But it's the second tier Of Austrian football All right. And not even going to bother Pronouncing the name of the team because it has funny letters in it that I don't know how to pronounce. But you're doing so well today, Gerard, <laughs> with your pronunciations. Keep it going. <laughs> All sorts of umlauts and everything in this. And uh, mutated A's. But no, that's, he's got a new club. And it's actually a decent level because we spoke about this as well. That you, How many minutes has he played as a Rovers player, Puff? In the league, 215 <laughs> minutes. So 215 minutes, right? So that's two games, pretty much. Two and a bit. He's got two goals. Pretty good. Pretty good going. <laughs> he's got two goals, isn't he? One against Dundalk, uh. one flick. Either way. Uh, we cannot judge him as a player. And if anybody turns around and says, Oh he's dirt you can't judge him after two games of football. Max. We haven't seen enough of him to even judge him as a footballer. The players who train with him are the only ones who can really do that. So, um, yeah. It's I wonder if there's anybody else if we can get any memory men in here. I see DM Dunn got in touch with us and John Bourne about their, the the Milltown 63 and they were at mm-hmm. that infamous game. So if they can think of anybody who really, really played for Rovers and left under the cast of a shadow, really. He he was totally frozen out. Wasn't rated. If you think of anybody else get in touch with us, anybody that was signed, a little bit of mystique about them. I mean, we thought we were getting this Bosnian slash Austrian striker in and thinking there's a bit of flair here barely saw the guy you think we were better off putting him on the door weren't we at the at the suite there are
1: a few League of Ireland signings like that over the years the old George Way is cousins sort of scenarios George Way's
0: cousin it has been that? a few of those but I can think of Robbers one yeah so if anybody can think of one let us know it's an interesting talking point so, we're moving on, and congratulations to Sean Rovers under 17 women's player Jesse Stapledon, who won the FAI under 15 Women's School International Player of the Year award 2019. So, now we have our manager, Sean Kelly, the gaffer of the 17 women's Rovers team.
1: So, uh, Sean, first of all, could you give us some background on your, your own playing and coaching career before you came to Rovers? Yeah, um, actually, I started
3: coaching, I suppose, about 12 years ago, and with local teams there, I'm a man, so uh, we started coaching with Sacred Heart boys, I think, a good few years ago, a couple of years with them, Carl, and I uh, progressed down to Kilna Manor, again, coaching with the boys, and you know I was enjoying that, and then uh, three daughters of my own, and they started to show an interest in um, playing football, so uh, I decided to do a bit of uh, coaching with Kilna Manor. so I started the girls set up in Kilna Manor there, and then uh, from there, we just found that it took off and we were attracting very good players and before we knew it, you know, the, the players were very, very good and I ended up being a female for two years, coaching girls and we'd won back-to-back all Ireland and all of a sudden there was a bit of an impasse at milt where there was a team above us, just an age group above so a lot of the players I had started there was nowhere for them to go when it came to the Women's National League 17. So, really and truly, Rovers, the opportunity came up. I spoke to Shane and, you know, we ended up Going across the Rovers, and that's how I'm there now. As far as football goes, myself, I, I played a bit of intermediate football, and you know, I had to stop early with a bad knee, so that was the end of that, really, you know. But then, um, but that's how me Johnny has came kind of to Rovers as a coach in front. I did the youth back many years ago, and I'm uh, basically at one phase left in the UEFA B at this stage, Carl. So that's where it's at.
1: You say you met Shane Robinson. So talk about that meeting and what attracted you to the role of Rovers uh, Under Seventeen's coach.
3: Yeah, I just I met with Shane and, and uh, basically we, we had a good old chat and then um, straight away I, I could see Shane's professionalism come through and, you know, I'd already known about Rovers, what they were doing on the boys' front and I was very really impressed with how they were going about their business and really after meeting with Shane and seeing the, the professionalism there and everything else, it, it was a no-brainer for me to say, yeah, let's, let's get something done here, like, you know, and uh, since then it's, it's been excellent. I mean, Shane is sort of but I said, "Yeah, this is the way it is." And to be fair, it's been brilliant. I met with uh, Jonathan Roach as well, chairman, and uh, Jonathan was very positive and everything else. So, you know, it was it was really good. You know, and um, then that's, that's how we came into
1: Rovers. Yeah. What style of football do you like your teams to play?
3: Oh, there's no question about it. Um, we, we love to get the ball and the deck and play. I mean, um, you know, we, we have been playing some Mexican football there uh, for a number of years, and this year coming into Rovers. Obviously, with the name Rovers, we've attracted a few, you know, more players, if you like, and uh, the style of football we're playing is really on the deck. You know, we move it quick. We, we, we try and play through teams as much as possible. Uh, Carl, we've got some excellent uh, players, and then, um, you know, we really, we, we play the same way Rovers would, such you know, give it a high-press play out from the back, and, you know, we're always looking to play, even in tight situations, that's how it is, Carl, you know.
1: And how did you go about assembling your squad for the 2020 season and are you happy with the balance of it?
3: Yeah, um, yeah, oh yeah, we, we basically, uh, we've a very good squad and um, the balance is excellent. We've got 20 players signed, we've got a couple of long-term injuries unfortunately, but, you know, that's part of the football, but, um, you know, they'll come back soon. Um, we've 18, there's a, a currently and, uh, you know, we're, we're going very, very well. We've got an excellent squad and um, I think currently, we've about, Twelve girls involved in underage international football in uh, in Ireland. So, you know, we're, we're going great. Uh,
1: one of our girls, Jessie
3: Stapleton, was uh, ninth under
1: fifteen skill girl international of the year in one, which is a great honour for her, her family, and the club. To be fair. That was so, that was you know, yeah. Sorry. That, that was literally my next question. Yeah, she won the under fifteen's award. Jessie's a, a very talented player, so you must be delighted that she's joined Robert's.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, we are absolutely delighted, Carol. I think, look, you know, she, she was obviously, we, we had a great track record, that uh, me and my management team there and everything else, but I think there was a, a huge pull from the likes of Shane and Rovers and, and everything else as well, like, you know, and look, it's very hard when, when a club like Shane and Rovers with, with all their, their sort of their history, the knowledge, their professionalism comes calling. It's very hard to tell the other cheek, Carol, because, you know, they, they are second to none. Ireland, I believe, right now. You know? so uh, I think, yeah, Jesse, Jesse, sort of, you know, wants the to Rovers to Rovers as much as anything else. You know, so it was brilliant. You know, it's, uh, it's great, great to have a player of that caliber. You know, so uh, that's that's the great thing about. her I mean, she's she's knocking them in for fun at present, and she's playing her first game. You know, and the uh, awardy winner of the, of the um, player of the year, to be honest.
1: And how often does the team train at Rollstone And how impressed are you with the setup and facilities?
3: Yeah, as I said, there, Carl. The the setup in Roadstone is brilliant. I mean, you, you couldn't be, you couldn't ask for anything better. The, we train twice a week up the Roadstone, and then we, we play at the weekend up there as well. I mean, from from everybody involved, from you know Stephen, Adel and Ido and, uh, and Shane, absolutely fantastic there. The way they run it, uh, the guys, you know, you've got uh, Stephen and Connor, Chris and Anthony there, the, the video guys, you know, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, with the, even the likes of Lauken and, and Pat you know, everything is there you, you. couldn't want for anything better, to be honest. Even tonight, we, we've got some headshots going and there's Robert Goggins there, and, you know, brilliant lad George Kelly. and So, everywhere you turn, there's somebody looking to help you, to be perfectly honest. And it makes it very easy for me as the coach to sort of get things done because, you know, professionalism behind the scenes is amazing. And to be fair, you know, they, they've been so welcoming, of all to the girls, and, you know, I think Ado, Ado Price was saying to me that they're like a fresh air around the club which is great If that bit of diversity to the Rovers and everything else and you know we're delighted we're delighted the girls are delighted you know to be part of the Rovers and you know it really is great you know uh, so yeah absolutely made up to be up there the, the, the setup up there is brilliant absolutely brilliant and a credit to the lads who run
1: it uh, what friendlies has the team been involved in the past few weeks and how do you feel pre-season has gone overall
3: yeah, I mean, to be honest, Carl, pre-season has gone very well. Um, we, we basically, we, we've basically gone through it unbeaten. We've played some some good National League teams. Our squad is like, the, the age would be 2003 to 2005 uh, for, to play in the National League or Women's National League 17. And our squad it consists of 15.04s and 5.05s. And so in theory, we've got another solid year ahead of us after this year. And the old fives have had two solid years after this year, so yeah, we, we really are set up for, for success. I mean, um, we are, our family's have gone very well. We've won, we've beaten all the the competitive teams around us. You know, we've uh, we sort of we've played some good football along the way, Car, which is as impressive as the results that we're getting. To be honest,ly you know, so you know, in our fourth season, we're, we're uh, I think we're we're, we're turning heads with the style of football we're playing, and that's as important to us than, than you know obviously winning matches is important but I think the way you do it sort of says something about your team as well and you know we want to play their over style and we want to you know play it, put it on the deck and play football you know what I mean so that's, that's important to us you
1: know What are your hopes and expectations in the league this year?
3: Yeah I mean look you, you never know from one day to the next how, how you're going to perform like you know our hopes are that we, we go all the way to be honest like you know and if I'm being honest, we have a squad that can certainly compete, but again, you never know what happens in, in 90 minutes, Carl, as they say, you know, I know it's a cliche, but it is true, but really and truly, yeah, I mean, whoever beats us will probably win it, that's that's how I feel about it, like, you know, and if our friendly results are out to the goal, well, yeah, it's, it's possible, but again, they're only friendlies, and teams will improve as, as the season goes on, but I'd like to think we will as well, Like you know, so, yeah, we're, we're really we're really looking forward to a positive year. As I say, it's been a great, a great start into the Rovers, a great introduction. We, as I say, we we've made great strides, and uh, we really are hopeful for the season ahead. And um, if we can just get the season going with this uh, COVID nineteen and all it's serious. so unfortunately our first league match looks like it it could be falling by the wayside already. Like you know, but that's the greater war. We can't control that. Can we really, you know?
1: And how much has COVID-19 restrictions affected your preparations and are the players adapting to them?
3: Yeah, um, we are adapting. There's no question about it. Uh, when we were in lockdown for a good few months, you know, Rovers and ourselves were sending the girls regular sort of things to sort of keep themselves ticking over and, and doing a few bits and bobs. And, you know, it, it has slowed us down. We were hoping to start a season way back in April. I think the start of April, but unfortunately we're knocked on the head as these things happen and look we're, we're back flying we were flying before then and you know in pre-season before for the original start date but look, look we're, we're going good again Carol. and I'm happy enough that we are where we are unfortunately few of the girls we've three girls had to come there who you know we tried tonight and we couldn't have them all. but, but that's, as I say that's, that's nothing we can do about that that's, some things take priority and that does clearly in this case as well like, you know, so yeah we're really positive about the season I think you know we get have everything set for the said. Like, you know even when we'd be in Rovers the lads would take the old session and uh, Shane out or we'll have the understated it's fantastic I think the girls really enjoy that So of the you know so yeah um, we're, we're, we're getting through I suppose as much as anything else and you know and again the way Rovers handled the, the whole um, COVID-19 training and the social distance training was first class you know so um, we're, we're delighted to you know, up so but that's, that's it Carl
1: and how much is everyone looking forward to kicking off the season at home to at Town on Sunday? Oh,
3: Jesus. I think, you know, we all wish it was was tomorrow, to be honest, Carl. We really do, like, you know. Please, um, God, it goes ahead. And, you know, it'd be great if it does. Uh, because we're ready. There's no question about it. We played at Lowentown in a friendly a couple of weeks ago. And we the positive result down at like, you know. So we'd be looking forward to it, to be honest, uh, Carol, You know. So, um, you know, we, that was our first game back after the COVID lockdown. So, um, we had a positive result on the day, and I think you know chances are we could have another positive result if I'm being honest as well. You know, so um, the girls are certainly looking forward to it immensely at this stage. It's been such a build-up and such a build-up, like you know. But, but we're definitely the squad is flying at the minute, and you know we're looking forward
1: to it. I suppose the GAA would be well ahead in terms of women's football, but women's football is reckoned to be the fastest-growing sport in Ireland. Are you seeing that yourself?
3: You know what, uh, Carol, I, I've been involved in women's soccer now for seven years, and, you know, I, I've spoken to a lot of women uh, and people who've been involved in girls' soccer for a long time, and it really is on a bill, uh, women's soccer, at the minute. The FEI have helped that greatly, the Emerging Talent Programmes and stuff like that. But uh, I, I do think the amount of young girls going out there and aspiring to play soccer now is amazing. Like, you know, with three daughters, the three of them played soccer, the youngest one is still playing a bit, you know but what a giant what a, uh, soccer as well. So I do think it's on a crest of a wave, women's soccer. You can see it even when you go down to the, to the Irish international games at Palace Stadium. It's uh, fantastic. The crowds that they're getting now where, you know, go back 10 years ago, you'd be lucky if you if you got 500 in a match, you know, where now they're getting like, you know, three 4,000. I think there was was five or 6,000 in that match there just recently for the women. You know, so, look, it, it's great. It's going great. The Women's National League, game has been fantastic as an initiative for women's soccer and it just keeps going for strength to strength and you know back with the FEI and the clubs obviously as well who participate because they're as important as everybody in my opinion and you know Rovers going into that arena is brilliant. I mean right now it's a, the 17th National League and it's a first logical step but I know I'm speaking to the German Jonathan Roach and I think Jonathan you know sort of Said, yep, Sean, in a couple of years we'd like to see ourselves in the women's national league and you know I don't see why the squad why I have can't be the backbone of that in a couple of years to be honest girl?
1: do you get any negativity about the sport from the men's side again
3: um, yeah, you would always like have something there like you know but uh, as in like you know but again I think most men are very respectful like when it comes to, to that like you know when, they, they wouldn't really be negative about it, and I don't. I don't find that. And I'm involved in the girls' soccer a long time. And uh, no, I think they, they take it for what it is. Look, it's it really is apples and oranges when it comes to men and women. When it comes to soccer and what have you, like women's national league team, um, they would only be comparable. And it's physicality. It comes down to every day of the week. It's probably a 16, boys' team, you know, and that's just normal, uh, Carly, you know, it's, you know, it's it's all about physical strength, sometimes soccer, and speed, and everything else, but, you know, I think, I I always liken it back to to women's tennis, you know, people watch women's tennis, because it's enjoyable, and it's the same sometimes with women's soccer, and, like, uh, you know, it might be a bit slower, but it doesn't mean that it's any less enjoyable, than, than watching, you know, a men's game, if you like, you know, it's just different, and I think, if you look at it through the prism of, this is not a man's game. You'll always not enjoy it, but if you look at it for what it is, I think you can take the positives. As a coach, coaching in the women's game, it's, it's very enjoyable because they they absolutely will follow your your detail, uh, your instructions, learn the law, and they will do their best their best all the time, which is which is a fantastic thing to coach. You know, when looking at not saying boys, don't, but I just know that the that the girls are very very easy to coach and want to learn are, are very much, you know, uh, great right coach, great right deal with the gospel, you know. And uh, so that, that's my experience of, you know, uh, people don't really tend to look down the nose. I, I have no doubt whatsoever, and I've always said this, that, you know, like any minority sport, you're in the bubble of the minority sport, and you know all the usual faces. But having said that, it is growing exponentially. You look at America, I mean, there's 20 million kids playing you know, soccer in the market alone, and, you know, women's soccer in the market, the reason it grew so big and exponentially was they pushed it, and they pushed it huge before they they won the World Cup, I think in 2000, I think it was, or somewhere like that, 1999, somewhere like that it was. But, again, it's all about, you know, the FEI pushing it, the clubs pushing it, and everybody pushing it, and to be fair, as I said, there is a, a huge, huge backing to women's soccer at this point in time, and, you know, and likely so, I think the, the skills that they learn are invaluable in life. I think you get to go out there, you get to interact in a group, you get to, you know, have a little bit of jest, stuff like that. And I, I think, you know, I love soccer, I've always played it, and I think the, the, the tools that it gives you in everyday life are fantastic, and it's brilliant that girls get to, to grow up with that, and, you know, they get to, to enjoy it and experience everything that, you know, the lad will. And
1: that's that's what I find really, you know. And finally, how do you see women's football at Shamrock Rovers developing in the in the near future? You kind you alluded to it there a moment ago. Has there been early discussion that this under seventeen side could be a stepping side to, to stepping stone to the return of the senior women's team?
3: Yeah, I I, th- I think it will, Carl. I mean, uh, as I said, I, I spoke to the chairman, Jonathan Lodge, and Jonathan was sort of like... Uh, on that and you're saying like, you know, yeah, why not? And obviously it won't be this year, it could be twenty twenty two or somewhere like that, but again, I don't want to talk, you know, out of school. It's not my decision ultimately obviously. But I do think like, you know, the backbone of this on the seventeenth team is certainly strong enough to, uh, to be the backbone of that team going forward and uh, you know, it'd be great for Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock Rovers, I know they were they were an inaugural member in the they were uh, uh, founding member in the inaugural Women's National League back in 2011. I know, okay, different reasons they, they fell out of it. But look, Shamrock Rovers going back to 1996 when the, when the horse went got gone, the women's side of it, they were an excellent and uh, They won five FEI Cups on the truck You know, so they, they really have got a, a rich sort of history in women's football. It's some fantastic players playing for them. Uh, you know, I never got to see Olivia still play, but from um, what I, everything I hear is she was, she was a top, top footballer, athlete you know, and she was obviously chama Rovers. and I think Rovers, you know, to them, sort of that generation of players is huge, and, you know, you do see some of the, the, the women probably in their sort of thirties and forties have a little glint in their eye when they hear Shama Rovers women because they played with them, and, you know, that, that's what it's all about, so hopefully, I think uh, Jonathan said to me, look, when they go away in Europe and they're, they're playing against big teams, they always get asked the question, do you have a women's team? And, Jonathan sort of says No we don't But obviously We'd, we'd like to change That going forward like, You know So yeah The hope is that we can We can step up to it Carl, and, and sort
1: of fill uh, that mantle At some stage really You know oh, That's great Thanks many for talking to
0: us Sean And best of luck to you For the new season Okay Carl, Thanks very much It's been a pleasure Thank you So Sean Kelly Rovers under 17 Women's team Gaffer and fair Plays We're coming on Fantastic mm. stuff
1: Yeah very enthusiastic It sounds like we're in good hands There with Sean and uh, you heard him there saying the local lockdowns uh, prevented a few of their parents from getting to training. I wonder does that affect Bradzer at all, because he lives in Kildare.
0: Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Lockdown. Then they might need me to step in again. I might have to get in and work, work the magic. Show the old essential frontline worker pass. That's it. Like, you need to let Bradzer chew here. <laughs> yeah. So that was Sean Kelly. And, uh, prof, give us the stats. There's a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician... And
1: a Stats out! Stats out. out! we're a bit pressed from time here, so apologies if I'm reading this very fast, but there was a good start from Owen Kowser. He said ten of Rovers' twenty goals this season have come in the last twenty minutes. Oh I love it. We were level with balls and Sligo and losing to Dundalk and Derry after seventy minutes of those games. And as for coming from behind wins, you've heard me mention this one countless times over the years. We've already done it three times this season, coming from behind to win. We did it four times last year. Galway in the Cup, on at home, Bran at home, Waterford away, opening day. But in the league, three times this year, that's already as, that's already more than the previous... Pre- <laughs> Trevious? I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm robbing that. Told you I was speaking fast. Trevious. That's already more than the previous three seasons combined. Because the only other league win from behind was Galway 2017. It's crazy. So Prof is banging them out again here. Yeah, I saw someone on Robert's wondering have we won our first seven games of a season before but I said at the time when we won our first five never mind seven. That was our best start to a season since 1965-66. We won our first 11. So the moment we won our first five that was already our second best start to a season ever. Loving it. And league winning runs in general I said that last week. The record is 12 in the 1920s. 12 in a row, 1920s. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking for 11 now to equal our second best ever run. Uh, we're six games of beating against Pats. Five of those wins. Clean sheets in all of them. They were one of four clubs who never managed to score a goal against us last season. Should so I Pats
0: come? didn't score once against us? No. I'm going to roll <laughs> that one out and work. <laughs>
1: uh, we went six on beating against them in the Michael Neal era and the four in a row. But we're looking for seven unbeaten against them for the first time in all competitions Ooh. since a run of 10 in 1969.
0: So another potential <coughs> long-term stat to be broken. Yeah. Looking for a four straight win in Richmond
1: Park. We actually did do that in the 1980s. I always thought this was a cool stat. In all four seasons of the four in a row, we won away to Pats every season.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, Love
1: it. We even won <laughs> Happy
0: hunting Ground.
1: We even won a Harry Bolton testimonial for good measure. Just to throw it At in. At Richmond Park, uh, Dean Williams. I I asked myself the question last week: had he made a start yet? And he did. He started in Waterford. Remember the two nil win earlier on in the year. Yes. So altogether, he's made one start and four sub appearances in the league in his Rovers career. Two starts for the B team, two starts in the Leicester Senior Cup. But yes, to score so.
0: Can we just have a quick little word on C-Block about his perseverance, right? 17th top goal scorer, 19th top goal scorer, goes on loan, top goal scorer, goes on loan again, top goal scorer, finally gets his chance. It's it's great to see it. It's great to see a young boy come through the academy and get a chance in the first team. And we are now proud sponsors of his away jersey, the Tifties WhatsApp group. The C-Block Supporters C-block Club. C-Block Supporters Club. So we are proud, proud sponsors of that, and that will be going through and hopefully in for the sales programme. So, delighted to sponsor Young C-Block and hopefully he'll bang home a couple of goals. Have have you got any more stats? I do not. There are no more stats. They don't exist. They don't exist. So, starting 11s and predictions. So, this is something that I've been... I've never ever gone through so many starting lineups in my life and formations. I actually fucked around with the formation, but I'm gonna stick with it, right? So I'm gonna go at Manus, I'm gonna go Pico, Joey, and Grace. The usual back three. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Laugh on the left, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stick with him. <clears throat> see what happens. Finn on the right. That was the big debate whether Finn was gonna play in the middle and play his pressing game, or he was gonna and put Marshall in there. But that's not what I went for. I went for Finn on the right again with Gary O'Neill and McInniff in the middle. Doing the dirty work. I'm gonna have Bork, Bourne and Greener. So you could say it's a slight formation change with Bork and with Bork and Bourne moving slightly more up the pitch with Gary O'Neill and Makin in midfield positions. So it's you could say it's a 3-4-3, but we probably will morph into the cloud at some stage and Greener up top. I'm going for a 1-0 win, tight win out here in Richmond Park. I'm gonna say Greener to get in the score sheet because he's um he's due a goal. I'm gonna go one 0 So it's gonna be Bork and Bourne up top with Greener. In a slight Christmas tree looking formation. Not much of a big change there. But one nil win with a greener goal. Jack Bourne. No look pass. Slide rule in there. <laughs>
1: I'm going to make one tweak just for the sake of it. I'm going to actually put Finn in the middle. And I'm going to start Marshall.
0: Oh, this, has, this was coming. I didn't. I bottled it myself. But it was coming. Because Marshall has had a good few... Um, he had a good few cameo appearances same with Gaffney Gaffney can count himself unlucky here
1: so I suppose that means I have to drop somebody maybe make Burke an impact sub again uh,
0: it all depends on the fitness doesn't it I'm yeah. presuming Burke is fit I'm presuming Gaffney still might have a little knock it's probably just me favouritism but yeah that's what I'm going for what's your what, prediction of goal scores bro prediction I'm going to say
1: a 2-1 victory with goals from
0: Jack Byrne yes and Gaffney to get his first goal off the bench get in there so that is it for this week thanks for listening and keep on hooping. see ya
3: Finland 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 the country where I want to be pony trekking or camping
1: or just watching TV
3: Finland, Finland, Finland
2: It's the country for me
3: You're so near to Russia So far from Japan Quite a long way from Cairo Lots of miles from Vietnam Finland, Finland, Finland the country where I want, I want to, to be eating breakfast or dinner or, dinner or snack lunch in the hall Finland Finland, 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 Finland Finland has it all You're so sadly neglected And often ignored up a second to Belgium When going abroad Finland, Finland, Finland The, the country where I quite want, want to be, be Your mountains mountain so lofty Your treetops to so tall Finland, Finland, Finland Finland has it all Oh, in oh, the files! Finland, Finland, Finland The, the country Finland, where I quite want to be Your mountain mountains so lofty Ihr Tretop so toll, Finnland, Finnland, Finnland,
2: Finnland hat sie doch, Finnland hat
3: sie doch.